0: symbol of excellence in sports entertainment
1: turn it on and rip the knob off
2: Guys, and welcome back to the Wrestling Memory Grenade, and we're all the way up to episode 83 here. This week, we're going to be talking all of the news and results for June of 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation, and I am your host, Ray Russell, hoping you guys are having a great March Madness season. For those who celebrate the college basketball holiday, I guess you can call it a holiday. To college basketball fans it is anyway. For me, I'm just happy. It looks like the Cavs are definitely right up there in the NBA playoffs. So congratulations, Cleveland Cavaliers. And hey, baseball season right around the corner. The NFL Draft right around the corner. But we're not here this week to talk about any of that. Nope, we're here to talk about 1987 and the WWF June of 87 to be exact. We're heading to that halfway mark when we conclude the month of June. We'll be halfway through the 1987 project. Wow, unbelievable. A reminder, you guys can listen to this show, the Wrestling Memory Grenades, and our sister shows like Monday Warfare, the battles within its Raw versus Nitro, as we break down the weekly Monday Night War between the WWF and WCW over there on Monday Warfare. New season starts this week. You can also listen to our new podcast, the Regional Wrestling Podcast, where we talk the territories. Lots of good stuff already up as part of the Regional Wrestling Podcast podcast. I did a trilogy of shows with guest co-host John McAdam, breaking down 1977 in the WWF. We've also talked to the former owner of Ring of Honor, Kerry Silken, talking about his earliest memories of wrestling in the late 60s and early 70s up in the New York Territory. And most recently, Roman Gomez, formerly of the Mid-Atlantic Championship Podcast, has joined the show as we begin a 1986 in the Mid-South Wrestling slash UWF Territory, started a project there with Roman Gomez, and also, as of last week, another project made its debut on Regional Wrestling, along with guest co-host Jamie Ward. We've begun a deep dive through Georgia Championship Wrestling in 1981. It's going to be a fun and exciting ride, no doubt about it. And you guys can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade, Monday Warfare, and of course Regional Wrestling, and so much more as part of the WrestleCopia Podcast Network, located over at WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com and anywhere. Your podcast streaming needs are met from Apple to Spotify, Google, and beyond. You can also follow us on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade also. Follow and like us at Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Be sure to follow us on social media for all the latest goings on at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. And I'm also constantly adding old school video clips and pictures From throughout wrestling history, always a fun time. You never know what I'm going to drop next on social media, and frankly, neither do I. Also, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find us there at YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade, uploading new footage all the time as I continue to preserve my old VHS collection by converting it all to digital. Just dropped 10 new videos on YouTube yesterday. Go check them out. But we're not done yet. Now is a great time to become a WrestleCopia patron. And you can find us there at patreon.com WrestleCopia. Again, that address is patreon.com WrestleCopia. Multiple tiers to choose from. But I only ask you guys to give it a try at that $5 all-access tier. That's all it is, $5, guys. Give it a try. We could really use your support. And with that $5 all-access tier, you get multiple gifts for your contribution, including all of my insanely detailed show notes for... The Wrestling Memory, Grenade Monday, Warfare, and now Regional wrestling as well. Plus, early access to many of the podcasts here on WrestleCopia. You guys can listen days and sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. Plus, remastered versions of the earliest episodes of the Grenade Show covering the 1989 NWA project. Includes enhanced sound quality and new content and conversation originally edited out of the show due to time restraints, edited right back in. But that's not all. You'll also receive digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure. And of course, our Patreon exclusive watch along series covering many past WWF and WCW pay-per-views, Coliseum videos, Saturday night's main events, Clash of the champions, and so much more. All of that. Plus, as of late, guys have been dropping a lot of bonus videos. Lots of old time wrestling events and episodes you guys might really enjoy. And you get all of that for the low, low price of just $5. It's early access, insanely detailed show notes for three of our podcast shows, plus Patreon-exclusive watch-alongs, remastered episodes with new content, digital downloads, and so much more for just $5. No subscription, cancel anytime. Please, if you can, show your support, give it a try for a month, and I think you'll like the content we offer, and every penny of it goes right back in to the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. So if you guys have a few dollars laying around in that PayPal account or a few bucks burning a hole in your pocket, I would greatly appreciate your support here to help pay some of the bills and help keep all of the shows here at WrestleCopia up and running for the months and the years to come. Because at the end of the day, guys, WrestleCopia is not a quote-unquote pet project or even a hobby for me. This is somewhat a part of my livelihood. And every free moment I get, even when I'm not recording, goes into the WrestleCopia podcast network because I'm constantly researching and putting together these shows, putting together the sound bites, the videos and pictures that you see online. All of this consumes a whole lot of my time. So if you guys really like what I'm doing here, let me know you're out there. Let me know that you care about what I'm doing here at WrestleCopia. I appreciate each and every one of you, all of the loyal listeners, all of our loyal patrons, every bit of feedback I get, every time you leave a review on places like Apple. It doesn't go unnoticed. And I thank all of you from the bottom of my heart. But enough of that mushy stuff. We must move on, guys, with June news for 1987 and the World Wrestling Federation. And it all gets started with the Hacksaw Duggan Iron Sheik debacle. And what a debacle it was. We'll go back to. p.m. One Tuesday afternoon, May 26th, 1987, Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheik were arrested on drug charges. The two were driving through Middletown, New Jersey, en route to a car that night at Asbury Park, when the state trooper pulled them over as they saw Duggan drinking a bottle of beer while driving. Can't do that, Jim. And while walking to the car, the officers caught the scent of burned marijuana, and upon inspection, found several joints in the ashtray of the car. Duggan was found with a small amount of marijuana, while three grams of cocaine were found in the Sheik's shaving kit. That's what I that Baba. Duggan was released later that day on his own recognizance, while Sheik was released after posting $5,000 bond. Now, we talked about this on the May House Show results. The two wind up working each other in a tag team match later that night in Asbury Park which ended with Duggan pinning the Sheik after blasting him with the steel chair. Now, the incident got considerable newsplay in several major cities, including a Page 2 article in the New York Daily News, lots of play on the TV news as well in many of the bigger cities, and a mention on the national wires such as USA Today. Uh-oh. So the incident proved to be a big embarrassment for Titan, since Duggan and the Iron Sheik were in the midst of a heavily pushed feud on TV and it came out to the public that not only were they traveling in the same car together, but presumably doing drugs together as well. So the news reports all stated that Duggan and Sheik had been suspended by the WWF, but actually both guys were fired later that week. Now here's what Meltz had to say about the situation. He says, I presume, although this isn't confirmed by anyone, that eventually Duggan will be brought back, although his character will certainly have to be changed And he'll be brought back mainly because of his potential value of the WWF's competition, whereas the Iron Sheik has little value to opposing offices. Tell that to George Scott. So basically Meltzer's saying that, yeah, he believes Duggan will be brought back, but his gimmick will have to be changed. We don't really see that happen. But the main reason Meltzer speculates Duggan will be brought back, not because of the drawing power he has just for the WWF, but more so because they don't want him to go to Crockett. They don't want him to go elsewhere. And so they realize the talent and the draw that Duggan can be. So Meltzer believes before too long, Jim Duggan will be brought back into the fold. Meanwhile, the Iron Sheik, pretty much on his last legs, literally. And he won't be such a a big deal to bring back here. Now, we will see Vince try to give Sheiky a little bit of work here in 88 before he returns way down the line as Colonel Mustafa well past his prime at that point. And in between, he gets a couple years' payday from WCW due to incompetence. Go figure. However, as of right now, Duggan and Sheik both gone from the World Wrestling Federation. The story goes on, though. Equally embarrassing was the fact that in Jim Duggan's hometown of Glens Falls, New York, they were scheduled to have a Jim Duggan Day on June the 1st. As many of you guys may know, Jim Duggan's father, Jim Duggan Sr., is the chief of police, or as Gorilla would say, the police of chief. But no, Jim Duggan's father is the chief of police in Glens Falls here, heading into 1987. So upon entering Glens Falls at the time, the first thing you would notice at this point heading into June were signs on the road asking you to vote for James Duggan Sr. for Sheriff, elect him again for 1987. There's also another billboard at this point heading into the new month, mentioning that June 1st would be Jim Duggan Day in town, which actually had to be canceled due to the ongoing situation, for those curious. Talk about embarrassing your father. And it's at this point that Titan Institute's fines for baby faces and heels who are simply caught drinking together in public moving forward. And while this incident will soon be forgotten, it should serve as a reminder that professional wrestling isn't in the position where it can afford too many incidents like this. Remember, it's still real, guys. Meltz even says, Do you realize if it had been Hulk Hogan and not Jim Duggan in the car with the Iron Sheik, what kind of effect this would have had on the WWF? Good question. Meltzer goes on to say, with a stable as big as Titans, they really don't have to even acknowledge that anyone isn't around anymore, so my guess is that Hacksaw and Sheik simply won't be mentioned. There are going to be lots of upset fans around the country with both Duggan and Jake Roberts missing dates. No doubt about that, so let's go back. Meltzer says that uh, they likely won't even mention Duggan and the Sheik's name, which they don't. They just kind of disappear off TV, no mention at all. And again, I have no doubt there were some upset fans coming to those B-shows to see Hacksaw Jim Duggan or Jake Roberts' main event against the Iron Sheik or Nikolai and Jake with the Honky Tonk Man. Jake out injured and Duggan gone from the company here. Heading into the month of June, the fans are not getting what they were promised, but then again, card subject to change. And we fast forward here to court, and after going to court, Iron Sheik basically received a year of probation. And if he doesn't do anything wrong over the next year of 1987 into 1988, the cocaine possession charge will be expunged from his record. Sheik and his attorney are begging the WWF to take him back, although that looks unlikely at this point. And although charges against Duggan weren't nearly as severe, those charges being drinking while driving and possession of a small amount of marijuana, Duggan's case has yet to be resolved here in the early summer of 1987. And that's where we stand right now. Duggan and Sheiky getting pulled over together. Sheik carrying a little coke in his shaving kit. Axel Duggan caught with a little bit of marijuana on him as well. And of course, drinking and driving, always a no-no. Both guys arrested, both guys in trouble. Sounds like slap on the wrist for the most part, but neither man gets to keep their job. At least not for the time being. As we move on, it appears that honky-tonk mania is now running wild. And unless you're reading The Observer and realize that Ricky Steamboat has requested time off here in the summer of 87, this was a bit of an out-of-nowhere surprise for me as a kid. As the honky tonk man downed Ricky the Dragon Steamboat to win the WWF Intercontinental title on the June 2nd Superstars taping in Buffalo, New York. Now, this match will air on the June 13th edition of Superstars. And again, the main reason for this change was that Steamboat will be taking a long sabbatical from wrestling in about two weeks' time since his first child is due in early July, the Little Dragon. And with Steamboat's imminent departure, the babyface side of the WWF has really taken a beating in record time here. With Duggan now fired, Jake Roberts out injured, and Ricky Steamboat now on a sabbatical, you have to argue that the top three babyfaces underneath Hulk Hogan are now all irrelevant to the company for the time being. Titan losing all three at virtually the same time has to put him in a position where they've got to find a few replacements. Think about that, guys. All at the same time, put that in context, you lose Duggan, Jake Roberts is out for the time being, and Ricky Steamboat now wants to go home for a little while, you've lost everyone you were trying to build underneath the Hulkster, outside of maybe, say, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and that's just not happening. Not right now. Now, Melt says, with the exception of Hulk Hogan, the franchise player, Ken Patera is the only singles babyface with even a chance of making it as a significant drawing card. Now, that sounds scary. Meltzer goes on to say, and pardon the pun, the jury is still out on Ken Patera. Rim shot for you there, Dave. Meltzer also speculates that the timing now seems right for the long-expected turn of the Macho Man Randy Savage to Babyface should happen, especially since he's got a ready-made feud with the new Intercontinental Champion Hockey Talk Man, and all of these losses definitely explain the return of the Junkyard Dog, also coming here in the month of June. More stories to get into, including who is the king? Is it Harley Race or Jerry Lawler? The courts have enjoined the arenas in Memphis and Nashville from distributing any of the ticket income from the recent cards from the WWF until the court can calculate monetary damages that are due to Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler owed monetary damages here for Harley Race coming into town as the king. And I guess this order only applies to the state of Tennessee because the WWF continues to Bill Harley Race is the king in all of the other markets. And in more Harley Race news, Harley Race apparently tears some ligaments here in the June 6th return match in Boston Garden against Hulk Hogan, the the Texas death match. Harley's going to miss a few dates coming up in California here in the month of June, but Race will continue to wrestle against Hulk Hogan in the bigger cities, including June 13th in St. Louis, and he'll also work the upcoming Madison Square Garden show against Hogan on June the 14th. Hardly expected to take a week off at some point to help himself recover. I don't know that he ever does. We'll have to keep an eye on that. And I touched on him here just a couple seconds ago. Beware of the dog, as in the JYD Junkyard dog. Returning to the WWF here in the month of June, the story on the dog is that he has a 90-day probation with the company and that if he can survive the next three months without any unexcused missing bookings, remember dog was no showing left and right in the first quarter of 87. If he can continue to work 90 days straight and not miss a single booking, then he'll have his job back permanently. And DeMelt speculates probably the dog will get a semi-major push in the token quote-unquote black babyface role. And if the dog can't survive the summer without reverting to past tendencies, then he's gone and he won't be asked back again. Good news for dog fans out there, he's going to stick around into the fall of 1988. But here's a couple of guys who don't stick around nearly as long In the tag team of Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, the Midnight Rockers, remember they gave their notice to Vern Gagne here in the month of May. They dropped the AWA tag team titles and five days later show up at a house show for the WWF in St. Paul, which is AWA country. The Midnight Rockers showing up and challenging, verbally challenging the Hart Foundation to a tag team title match down the line there in St. Paul. But it appears the Midnight Rockers have apparently set an all-time record in getting bounced. After just one match here in the WWF, DeMeltz claims apparently they didn't see eye-to-eye with Vince McMahon on some things and were let go within a week of their arrival. Story is they made money demands and tag team title demands, and McMahon doesn't need the headaches. Well, we know all of that to be untrue, but it is DeMeltz making the claim there. So we fast forward another week in the Wrestling Observer newsletter again. DeMeltz goes on, he says, Here is the actual story involving the firing of the Midnight Rockers. Apparently, the head honchos gave a speech about what happened to Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheik and warned the guys that this sort of thing wasn't going to be tolerated. And after the show in Rochester, the Rockers were behaving in public as if this sort of policy didn't apply to them when it did. Again, there's probably about 5% truth to that story. And now we move on to the story according to the likes of Shawn Michaels, Marty Giannetti, Bruce Pritchards, and other. They all seem to state about the same story here, and that story goes that Pat Patterson was the one who made the push to bring Sean and Marty in to the World Wrestling Federation, while Vince McMahon was actually concerned about the reputation that preceded them, their behavior in the AWA. But Pat Patterson convinced Vince, convinced Vince, all right, but Pat convinced McMahon that the Rockers were just rebelling against the old man Vern Gagne in the AWA. Bruce Pritchard even said that Pat didn't even really know the Rockers, but thought they were so talented, he went to bat for them. And here they come, the Rockers, the Midnight Rockers, I should point out here, join the WWF at the tail end of May 1987, and they show up for the TV tapings in Buffalo, New York. Now, they don't work those tapings, but they were already in town for the following night's tapings for Wrestling Challenge. And there was a lot of apprehension having the Rockers here in the WWF. Their reputation for being merciless ribbers preceded them as well. And this show in Buffalo just happened to be what well, we just touched on it a little bit ago with Dave Meltzer, but it's reconfirmed here by Bruce Pritchard. He says Vince held a meeting out of the blue, the first ever of its nature in the WWF's history. Vince has the meeting with the entire WWF roster, warning them to stay clean. And you guys have to remember that sensitivities were heightened here at this time because of Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheik getting arrested while driving together smoking weed just a week earlier. And it's also at this show that WWF Road Agent Chief J Strongbow approached the Midnight Rockers, informing them that he didn't feel they should be in the WWF. They didn't deserve it. Sounds like the Chief, by all accounts. And in regards to Sean and Marty's conduct on the first night of television tapings, the agent Terry Garvin urged them both to go around and introduce himself, shake everyone's hand, but instead the Rockers chose to remain low key here. They knew they had a reputation for being troublemakers. And their thought was if they could just stay away from everyone, they could stay out of trouble. Instead, to many of the wrestlers, they came off as thinking they were better than everyone else. And eventually, the show ends, and Sean and Marty, who didn't want to go to the bar after the show, were convinced to go to the bar after the show to mingle with the rest of the boys. And so they reluctantly agreed. And they found themselves in a conversation with Jimmy Powers and the British Bulldogs, Davey Boy Smith. They seemed to be having a good time. When a heavily inebriated Jimmy Jack Funk inserted himself into the conversation, the Funker started questioning Sean and Marty's toughness, even breaking a beer glass and chewing the glass, continuing to try to egg Sean and Marty on. At first, they weren't taking the bait. And the story goes, it turned out that Marty Jannetty had actually hooked up with the girl that Jimmy Jack Funk was interested in. And supposedly, that's where these issues came from. Now, in an attempt to get Jimmy Jack Funk to shut his mouth, Shawn Michaels finally grabs a beer bottle and busts it over his own head, kind of in a, there, are you happy? kind of way. The rockers having enough of Jimmy Jack Funk and the situation get up and leave the bar. Wise move. However, rumors quickly swirled to a much crazier version of what actually happened, and it morphs into a story of Sean and Marty quote-unquote tearing up the bar, causing a huge ruckus. The exaggerations continued with the Rockers reportedly destroying their hotel room, even setting things on fire. Absolutely ludicrous nonsense here. I believe there's even the proverbial lampshade on the head story involving Marty Janetti and all of this. And all that really supposedly went down was Jimmy Jack Funk confronts them. He tries to get under their skin. He finally succeeds. Shawn Michaels says, you know what? You're such a tough guy here. Look what I can do. Grabs his beer bottle, busts it over his own head, and then the Rockers leave town, or leave the bar, anyway, back to the hotel room. Then the following night, the Rockers, the Midnight Rockers, have their first match in the WWF, defeating the team of Jose Estrada, and you guessed it, Jimmy Jack Funk, the Rockers' very first match here in the WWF against the man that started trouble with them the night before, and even worse, the agent for the match was Chief Jay Strongbow. Now from here, Shawn Michaels says in his book that he and Marty talked To the chief beforehand and expressed their desire to simply have a good match out there and leave the previous evening's issues behind them. And they ended up having a damn good match, even shaking hands with Jimmy Jack afterwards. So it seemed like they maybe buried the hatchet there, but all for naught, because finally they run into Vince McMahon, who seemed to treat him nicely, but added the line, Let's watch the old having fun here, shall we? So the rockers may have sensed that Vince had heard something and they promised him no further problems would occur here in their time in the WWF. But regardless, Terry Garvin calls the Rockers the next morning to tell them that Vince McMahon was going to release them from the company. And Bruce Pritchard has said on his podcast he feels over the course of the night it was more people getting into the ear of Vince, encouraging him and politicking, working their own agendas in an attempt to get rid of the Rockers from the company, perhaps other higher-ups backstage, and most certainly probably some other tag team wrestlers. You'd have to think. And so the Midnight Rockers flew up to see Vince McMahon at Titan Towers. And while waiting outside his office, Vince arrived and took notice of Shawn Michaels' footwear, some cowboy boots. Vince's response Nice boots. You know they're made for walking, pal. But McMahon chuckled and said he was just kidding. Then he brought the Rockers into his office. And it was that point he informed them he was letting them go. What an asshole move. Vince McMahon walking past Shawn Michaels saying, nice boots. You know those are made for walking. Just kidding. Come on in, guys. No, really, you're fired, though. Unbelievable. No, it's Vince. I totally believe it. So the Rockers leave the WWF after just one TV taping, and they go on to work for territories for the remainder of the year, like Continental and Alabama, the Memphis Territory, and even back to Vern Gagne's AWA for shots in between. All the while, Pat Patterson continued to push for Vince to bring the Rockers back, and eventually, Vince acquiesced. And As you know, the Rockers will return next year in 1988, and the rest, as they say, is history. And that's the story of the original WWF run of the Midnight Rockers. Not only were they canned after one match, they were actually going to be called the Midnight Rockers here in 1987 before they're repackaged as The Rockers in 1988. And there's uh, even some fun sound bites coming up here of Mean Gene Oakland referring to them as the Midnight Rockers coming to some local shows here when we get to the house show results portion of the show. So stay tuned, some really fun stuff coming your way. But for now, it appears that everybody's got a price. And although Ted DiBiase has been making some C-team appearances as a babyface as of late, he will start a heel turn and will become what Meltzer refers to as a rich playboy type gimmick. Of course, June 27th TV, the vignettes will begin airing, you know what I'm talking about, of the million dollar man. Instead, DiBiase is going to get such a big push that several of the WWF wrestlers are already bitter about it. Meltzer says he can't understand why, as it isn't as if DiBiase can't work or can't do an interview. DiBiase also will be carrying around with him a muscular chauffeur and bodyguard. Memphis fans may recognize him as the recent Soul Train Jones. But here in the WWF, he'll be known as Virgil. And if you think there's any significance to a black chauffeur named Virgil, you're right. Since Virgil will be living the Mac and Dream, baby. Meltzer goes on to say that eventually, DiBiase will actually begin tossing a few hundred dollar bills out to the crowds at the arenas. Once his character takes off in the month of August, And DeMeltz says he has no doubt that the Million Dollar Man character will get over big. And at least once his match begins, this character will actually be able to back up the gimmick in the ring as well, unlike some of the other superstars here in the WWF. Finally, Meltzer says about the Million Dollar Man character, as one person told him, DiBiase's character is a cross between Ric Flair, a rich playboy, and Vince McMahon himself as the guy who believes everyone has a price and that you can buy anything. That story's sort of true, especially the Vince McMahon part. Bruce Pritchard talked about it at length. I encourage you guys to go all the way back to the early archives of something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard when he talks about the inception of the Million Dollar Man character. Really fun stuff there. But as the grenade goes on, it's time for another resounding edition of Break It Down. Break It Down! All right, and this time on Break It Down, we're going to look at the Rujo's Dream Team, Dino Bravo, Johnny V, Brutus Beefcake, Tangled Web of Doom feud. Whew, that's a lot of words. Yeah, we're going to go back and we're going to look at the Rujo's Dino Bravo feud. Many of the listeners out there may not realize that this feud actually started all the way back in the Rujo's and Bravo's native Montreal territory before Bravo made the full-time jump over here to the WWF. The Rujo's had just come in to the World Wrestling Federation as well. All three of them top draws up in the Montreal Territory before heading to the WWF. All big deals up there, here in the 80s, even in the 90s. Remember, Hulk Hogan even put Jacques Rougeau over up there at one point in the late 90s. In fact, Bravo was so over with the Montreal crowd going back to 1986, there was a match scheduled between Hulk Hogan defending his title against the babyface Bravo up in Montreal, but Hogan became weary of taking on Bravo, fearing that Hogan would be the one booed out of the building, and so the matches got changed around. Bravo wound up wrestling Big John Studd or something along those lines instead on the show. But we're not here for that. We're here to break down the Rujos and Dino Bravo feud and everything that comes along with it. And for that, we got to go all the way back to an October 6th WWF TV taping featuring a newly heel Dino Bravo accompanied to the ring by his brand-new manager, Luscious Johnny V. Now, his first matchup as a heel airs on WWF TV here in the States on October the 18th, and that'll continue through November TVs as well. Meanwhile, up in Montreal, October 21st, Dino Bravo still working babyface here, scoring a win over the Intercontinental Champion, Macho Man Randy Savage on a DQ. Then later in the card, it's Dino Bravo coming to the rescue of the Rougeau brothers, all three Rougeaus, Jacques, Ramon, and Armand Rougeau as well. It was a six-man tag team match, all three Rougeaus taking on the Dream Team, of Greg the Hammer, Valentine, and Brutus Beefcake, and Johnny V as well, all six men in the ring, leading to some chaos, and Dino Bravo out to make the save for his good buddies, the Rougeau brothers. We fast forward another month here in Montreal, November the 14th. It's a new six-man tag team matchup. Again, the Dream Team and Johnny V teaming up this time to take on the Rougeau brothers again, that's Jacques and Raymond, but their new partner this time, Dino Bravo. But during the matchup, Dino Bravo turns heel, turns on his own partners, the Rujos, which the Rujos could have expected if they had been watching their own WWF TV product. Remember, Johnny V began managing Dino Bravo all the way back at the beginning of October, and here we are, middle of November. No excuse, Rujos. You guys should have known Dino Bravo was already being managed by Johnny V on WWF TV, but hey, we're here in Montreal. It's bizarro world, pal. And nevertheless, here it is, six-man tag team action. It's Dino Bravo turning on his own team, the Rougeau brothers, aiding Johnny V and the Dream Team on a four-on-two beatdown here. As the storyline continues on December 6th, WWE Superstars, we see Billy Jack Haynes and the Rougeaus go to a double DQ with the Dream Team and Dino Bravo. Then we fast forward to the new year. In January 31st, 1987, addition to Superstars, Dino Bravo coming to ringside, taunting the Rougeaus during one of their squash matches, which we covered many, many episodes ago here on The Grenade. Also in the month of January, in Montreal, it was Dino Bravo going one-on-one with Raymond Rougeau, who was actually subbing for his injured brother Jacques, who was on crutches at the time. And it was Dino Bravo battling Ray to a double DQ there on January the 9th. So the Rougeaus and Dino Bravo feud has started in the WWF. It continues in Montreal at this point here in the month of January. And here in the month of February, it's the tag team of Dino Bravo teaming up with manager Johnny V, doing some draws and and even taking some losses to the Rougeau brothers here in the States on some of the house shows. But when we go back to Montreal here in the month of February, February 6th to be exact, it's a heel, Pat Patterson in the ring interviewing the Rougeau brothers, setting up a tag team matchup for the upcoming April 27th card in Montreal. Patterson offers to be in the corner of the team of Dino Bravo and Greg Valentine. No mention of Brutus Beefcake there. So on the February 6th house show in Montreal, Pat Patterson, another native Quebecer, interviews the Rougeos in the ring, sets up a matchup next time around. The Rougeos going to take on Bravo and Valentine, but here's the catch. Pat Patterson going to be in their corner. As we move ahead, March 21st TV taping, which won't air until after WrestleMania 3 we begin to see the brand-new tag team of Greg the Hammer Valentine and Dino Bravo, the new Dream Team. And, of course, we know the split happens at WrestleMania 3, March 29th. Beefcake turns babyface, the new Dream Team forms. As we head into the month of April and we go back to Montreal, we talked about it. April 27th, it's Valentine and Bravo, the new Dream Team, with Pat Patterson in their corner, defeating the team of the Rougeau brothers, Dino Bravo, pinning Raymond, after Patterson clotheslined Ray from the apron. So Patterson now involving himself into this dynamic, into this feud, at least up in the Montreal territory. And by late April on the house shows, it's the new Dream Team taking on the Rougeau brothers just about every night. The Rougeau's winning the majority of the matches, but new Dream Team getting some wins in there as well. Meanwhile, the former Dream Team member, Brutus Beefcake, has been beating their manager, Luscious Johnny V, both on TV and at the house shows after the firing of Adrian Adonis. So Beefcake kind of lumped into this feud, whether he likes it or not, which leads to the May 24th edition of WWF Wrestling Challenge. We just touched on this recently here on the Grenade. It was Brutus Beefcake taking on Dino Bravo when Greg Valentine attacks. And it locks in the figure four while Johnny V and Dino Bravo put the boots to the beefer when out of nowhere the Rougeau brothers out to make the save it appears there's somewhat of an alliance here between the Rujos and Beefcake against the new Dream Team and Johnny V, all formed here on the May 24th edition of Challenge. And we move ahead just one night, May 25th in Verdun, which is in Quebec. It's the new Dream Team defeating the Rougeau brothers after interference from Pat Patterson again. And from late May and all of the month of June, it's six-man tag team matches and even six-man elimination matches involving Brutus Beefcake and the Rujos just about every night defeating the team of Johnny V, Dino Bravo, and Greg Valentine. Some nights it's six-man tags, other nights elimination matches. No matter what the babyface is going over here, as we head into the June 28th edition of Wrestling Challenge, going to see Raymond Rougeau and Greg Valentine battle to a double disqualification when their partners Jacques and Dino Bravo interfere, continuing their rivalry throughout the summer, including, yep, we're back in Montreal as of June the 29th, and we get that six-man tag team matchup, but this time it's a little different. It's Brutus Beefcake and the Rougeos taking on Dino Bravo, Greg Valentine, and not Johnny V, but rather Pat Patterson stepping back in the ring. Some fun promos there from Pat Patterson, but they're out there on YouTube, but they're in French. I'm not really sure what he's saying, but but he seems to be having a blast inserting himself into this feud here, and it was June 29th, Brutus and the Rougeos taking on the new Dream Team in Patterson. Unfortunately, there's no results, but you have to figure the baby faces likely went over. They've been doing the job every time up in Montreal thus far, and it it makes perfect sense this time around. And then from there, we head into the month of July. The first half of July, it's Brutus Beefcake taking on Dino Bravo one-on-one on on the house shows. And then by July 25th, Beefcake going over on his former partner, Greg Valentine, on a disqualification, Dino Bravo interfering there, but the Bulldogs making the save, not the Rougeos. So it seems like we might be changing some things up here, at least for Brutus Beefcake, not necessarily the tag teams involved. As we get some fun matches here on August 10th in Montreal, Pat Patterson going one-on-one with Brutus the Barber Beefcake, the man who gave Beefcake the gimmick of the Barber. Pat Patterson going to go over on Beefcake here after nailing him with a foreign object. I know I scratched my head at first too, but it'll all make sense in the end. Also on that August 10th card in Montreal, the Rougeau brothers, defeating the team of the Heart Foundation, capturing the World Wrestling Federation tag team titles, the Rougeos, the brand new WWF tag team champions after intercepting Jimmy Hart's megaphone and using it to their advantage. The Rougeos are named the new WWF tag team champions. It's even announced locally on the Montreal markets and Montreal TV news outlets. Unfortunately, a week later, the belts were returned to the hearts and it's never mentioned on WWF TV. And remember, we talked about Pat Patterson pinning Brutus Beefcake on August the 10th, Well, the WWE back in Montreal on August 31st. And this time, it's the Barber's Revenge. Brutus Beefcake defeating Pat Patterson this time with special enforcer referee, Mr. T. I of the food. Mr. T making sure everything on the fair and square Beefcake going over on Pat Patterson. Meanwhile, the Rougeos and New Dream Team feud will go dormant almost all of the month of August on the house shows, but then picks right back up in late August and goes all the way through the month of October off and on, all the way into Paris, France. In October of 87, these two teams collide. It's back and forth and a lot of draws as well between the two teams. No real standing ground for either side here. No real momentum being built for either team. And I got a lot more to talk about that when we get into the actual fall here on the show. But until then, I just wanted to take a look at this ongoing feud that lasts, well, for the Montreal fans, last a year, an entire year of Dino Bravo feuding with those Rougeau brothers here in the States. We don't get to see a lot of this, so we don't even realize any of this is going on. And I encourage you guys to go out there and try to check it out on YouTube, the Pat Patterson stuff in particular, really fun. And again, a lot of it's in French, some of it isn't, but it's still fun to check out if you guys have the time. And I hope I put a little more perspective into this feud, which really isn't getting any play here on WWF-TV. As I close out this edition of Break It Down and we move on to the crackdown, not the smackdown. That's the crackdown. And you're going to see why here in just a minute. On the June 23rd TV tapings, an unannounced drug test was given to the wrestlers. And let's face it, drugs, a major problem in the wrestling business, and it's probably a wise thing to do at this point. And Meltzer even says it's hard for him to applaud too loudly when a group blatantly encourages excessive steroid use when trying to create an atmosphere of being drug-free at the same time. Hey, eh, good point there. And coming out of those drug tests, well, we're going to see a couple of suspensions here. But we'll talk about those in the July edition of the Wrestling Memory Grenade. For now, we're going to move on to a story I have titled, I Pity the Fool," And you may have guessed it by now. It involves Mr. T, who was at the upcoming Rochester TV tapings and introduced prior to a Macho Man Randy Savage squash match, Savage refusing to shake T's hand, but T got a huge reception, says DeMeltz, so I guess he's still somewhat of a hot commodity here, even in 1987. And we'll see the WWF try to build something special here with T moving forward as a special enforcer referee, both on TV and on the house shows. We'll see how long that lasts. As we move into the this and that portion of June news, it appears that Ricky's Steamboat Sabbatical from the WWF will be about six months. Wow, that's a long time. So he isn't scheduled to be back until early 1988. Now I know we're going to see Steamboat off and on in between that time. He's even part of the Survivor Series and the upcoming Royal Rumble USA special. But in general, Steamboat asked for time off and boy, does he get it. Also, it appears that Haku of the Islanders pulled out the eye of Jimmy Jack Funk. So on one end, Funk Uh, playing a a part in getting the rockers fired from the company. Then on the other end, he gets his eye ripped out by Haku. If that's not all, Funk also fired from the company here after this rockers and eyeball debacle. Talk about karma. We're going to touch more on this when we get into the house show results, but more news sees Don Morocco and Cowboy Bob Orton splitting up on the June 8th Meadowlands card, and they'll continue to do that around the horn as they are already slated to wrestle one another as early as July 6th on the house shows. And we've already seen it as of late on TV, the two men pushing and shoving one another, doing a couple of questionable jobs, including one to Roma and Jim Powers. So they've already planted the seeds for a Morocco and Orton split. And apparently it's coming very soon. In some sad news, it appears that the Madison Square Garden venue will be torn down and replaced by a new garden which should be open by 1991. Now, the old garden probably won't be torn down until the new one is ready to open. Also, it appears that Chavo Guerrero, that's Chavo Classic, will debut at the upcoming June 23rd WWF TV tapings in Indianapolis. Also, superstar Billy Graham gonna make his return. It's reported that he will be back at the TV tapings no later than the month of July. So Chavo Guerrero and superstar Graham heading here to the WWF and also headed in in mid July will be a man by the name of Jack Hart. If you've been watching him in Memphis as of late, but you guys know him better as Barry Horowitz and no doubt getting the name change with Bret Hart and Jimmy Hart already here in the company. They don't need a third Hart. So Barry Horowitz going to make his WWF return in the month of July. Also here in the WWF now, a fellow by the name of the Dingo warrior and he'll begin working the sea town shows here in the month of June. And while the Dingo Warrior name will be short-lived, the ultimate warrior will be here for some time to come. Also found this interesting in one of the observers from this time period. Dave Meltzer states, I know nobody has asked, but the reason you haven't seen Dan Spivey around is is he had to undergo major shoulder surgery this past March. Now, Spivey also re-injured his knee around that time as well, so I'm not sure if Dave has his facts wrong. I'm not sure if Spivey's undergoing multiple injuries at the same time, Multiple surgeries at the same time, I should say. Spivey just all messed up, and it's very obvious moving forward in his career, he's just half broken, and that really sucks for Waylon Mercy. You know what I mean? Also, while I'm sifting through The Observer here, Meltzer says the shows with Ken Patera or George the Animal Steel on top simply aren't drawing. Go figure, belts. While the Jake Roberts shows versus the Honky Tonk Man are drawing what could be considered average crowds for the cities they're in considering the time of year that it is. Remember, as we move into the summer, house show attendance is slightly down all across the country for all the promotions and territories, so the Jake and Honky cards are are drawing well, or at least average, but unfortunately, Jake not on a lot of those shows. Remember, Jake still working with that nagging injury. It appears that Jesse the Body Ventura had such a success with the Predator movie, and I think The Running Man by this point, If I'm not mistaken. But Meltzer says that should Ventura be a big hit and be off to Hollywood, there's talk of Superstar Graham coming in and replacing Ventura on commentary. Speaking of movies, we talked about Jesse Ventura. King Kong Bundy's brief absence from the company recently wasn't because he was in the doghouse, but rather because Bundy was in Hollywood himself, having a cameo role in the movie Moving, which stars Richard Pryor. I remember seeing Bundy in that movie on TV. It's stated that Bundy, however, doesn't have a speaking role in the flick. So King Kong Bundy, now in the movies, he's maybe gravitating towards Hollywood. We know he'll uh, wind up on a couple of episodes of Married with Children. He does that computer commercial, which really gets him in the doghouse with Vince here, I believe here in 87. We may have already touched on that in a past episode, The Grenade. I'll have to go back and see, but that'll wrap it up for all of the June news here this week on The Grenade, which means we're going to move into the WWF House Shows for June 1987. And as always, I encourage you guys at this time to pull up the history of WWE.com. Richard Land, the landman, does a great job of keeping score with all of the results or all of me get his hands on anyway over there at the history of WWE.com. Click on that nineteen eighty-seven in the WWF history and you guys can scroll along with me. And now I don't cover every single match, every single event, but I cover a lot of the events. And a lot of the matchups and teaming that I find intriguing as well. And we have tons to touch upon here in the month of June, including something like 40 soundbites coming your way here for many of the house shows in the month of June. So for those who like the soundbite, the promos, plenty of them coming your way over the second half of this edition of The Grenade. And it all starts with Kitchener, Ontario in the Memorial Auditorium June 1st. Featuring Gorilla Monsoon Billy Red Lions on commentary here in Ontario, it's Brad Reagans defeating Terry Gibbs with a rolling cradle. Heel Bam Bam Bigelow scoring a win over Paul Roma, subbing for the still-injured ribbed CB Afi It's reported that Afi actually got his ribs bruised while taking on Bam Bam Bigelow just a week or so ago on the house shows. Action continues on Hillbilly Jim over Iron Mike Sharp after making Sharp hit himself with his own loaded forearm band. How do you like that, Iron Mike? Also the team of Jimmy Powers and Paul Roma over the shadows. Dangerous Danny Davis defeating George Steele on a disqualification. This is an interesting one. Demolition scoring a win over the team of B. Brian Blair and Special Delivery Jones. I guess you could say he's S.B. Jones here tonight. S.D. rocking a pair of Killer B. trunks. I'm not kidding you guys. Demolition scoring the win when S.D. had Smash in a sleeper hold. But Axe coming up, hitting him from behind and Demolition stealing that one. Also on the card, main event, Hercules. Hercules defeating Billy Jack Haynes in a chain match. Hercules winds up tying Haynes' legs up in the chains, which is legal, but then putting his feet on the ropes for additional leverage, which is illegal. Either way, Hercules stealing the win here over Billy Jack. You can actually see this match on the old Coliseum video, even more unusual matches. As we move on, also June 1st in front of 2,000 fans in Glens Falls, New York. Might sound familiar, prior to being fired the previous week, The show had been sold around Jim Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan headlining in his hometown of Glens Falls. On Jim Duggan Day, no less. But of course, as we know, all of that is canceled. Jim Duggan gone from the company for the time being. So let's take a look at what was on the card. On the undercard, the likes of Steve Lombardi over Sam Houston. Well, if that's accurate, Sam Houston, I feel for you. Also, Macho Man Randy Savage defeating the Birdman Coco Beware. The Islanders. Over Don Morocco and Bob Orton, Intercontinental Champion, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat. It's going to be one of the last times I can say that. Steamboat scoring a win over Kamala and the Junkyard Dog in the main event. Subbing for Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the dog is back in the WWF, defeating the likes of Nikolai Volkoff here in Glens Falls. As we move on to Buffalo, New York, and the Memorial Auditorium on June the 2nd, in front of a sold-out 14,000 fans for a WWF Superstars taping, And we're going to take a look at just some of the dark matches and the other notes here I have for this Superstars taping. Featured a snake pit with WWF champion Hulk Hogan. He's confronted by Mr. Fuji and Killer Khan who sprays the evil green mist, spews that green mist under the eyes of the Hulkster. Now this didn't air in every market around the country. Just select markets that were going to feature the Hogan versus Killer Khan match on the house shows over the summer. But... You can find it right now at YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade. I wouldn't let you guys down. Killer Khan spewing the Hulkster with that vile green mist. Also in dark matches, Mega Man Tom McGee over Jimmy Jack Funk. Bam Bam Bigelow scoring a win over who is referred to here as an unknown. Also, as part of an international wrestling challenge match, Ken Patera subbing for Hacksaw Jim Duggan here. It's Patera scoring a pinfall win over Nikolai Volkov after a big elbow drop in about six minutes' time. Also on the card, WWF champion Hulk Hogan teaming with Coco Beware. You don't see that every day. Coco actually subbing for Jake Roberts, though Jake Roberts in their corner for this one. It's Hogan and Coco defeating the team of Kamala and the Honky Talk Man. Hogan pinning Kamala with the big body slam and leg drop here while Honky Talk Man caught in the ropes. And you guys can actually find this really random matchup as part of the best of the WWF Volume 13 for you Coliseum video collectors out there. And now we'll just touch upon some of the little things that will be occurring over the course of the next four weeks of TV. And it all starts June 6th. It's going to include an Outback Jack snake pit taping. Now, this doesn't air in every market. It only airs in some markets because actually originally taped for the uh, June 6th edition of Superstars, it was supposed to be Slick, Nikolai Volkov, and the Iron Sheik on a snake pit. Now, that does make air in some markets, but markets where they could change things, they slide in this Outback Jack promo instead because Iron Sheik gone from the company. Then on June 13th, Superstars will mark the return to TV of the Junkyard Dog. Also, on that faithful edition of Superstars, we're going to see the Honky Talk Man crown the new Intercontinental Champion. We move ahead to June 20th, Superstars. Killer B is going to score a non-title win over the WWF Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation on TV. Yet again, they did it last year on Saturday night's main event. The B's going to do it here again in the month of June. And then on June 27th, Got a few things going on here this week. We're going to see the debut vignette of the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. We'll also see the return of Mr. T. He'll have a confrontation in the ring with the hockey talk man of all people. Mr. T also going to do a little commentary, announcing that he is returning to the WWF as a special enforcer referee. Now, also as part of that June 27 superstars, the Heenan family going to attack and lay out Ken Patera. We'll be talking about all of that and more as we continue on in the month of June here when we get to TV reviews in the next couple weeks here on The Grenade. But for now, we move ahead to June 3rd, the Wrestling Challenge tapings, Rochester, New York, War Memorial in front of 8,150 fans in the dark matches. It was a heel, Bam Bam Bigelow again scoring a win over an unknown. The Midnight Rockers make their debut. We talked about it already. Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty defeating the team of Jose Estrada and Jimmy Jack Funk. Now, this will be the Rockers' debut. It'll also be their last match for about a year here in the WWF. Jimmy Jack Funk also subsequently gone very shortly after this. Also on this challenge taping, well, we've got a lot of things to get into here. A French version of WWF Superstars will feature the Can-Am Connection also defeating the team of the Hart Foundation, Tag Team Champion Hart Foundation. On a count out here, Hart Foundation whipped into each other on the floor, Rick Martel beating the count back inside. So the Can-Ams, they didn't pin the Hearts. But they do score a win here. That only aired in France and maybe Quebec. Also, part of this challenge taping, it airs on All American June the 14th, Hillbilly Jim. And now, with manager, not valet, corner man, Little Beaver. Little Beaver is back and in the corner of Hillbilly Jim, defeating Iron Mike Sharp yet again. Sharp once again forced to hit himself with his own loaded forearm band. Then for Wrestling Spotlight, June 27th. Nikolai Volkov defeating Billy Jack Haynes. Haynes subbing for Hacksaw Jim Duggan there, Volkov scoring the win on a disqualification. After Haynes, he had enough, grabs Slick's cane and breaks it over the back of Nikolai Volkov before chasing both Slick and Volkov from the ring. Sounds scary. And in a dark match to close the show, WWF champion Hulk Hogan pinning the macho man Randy Savage with a roll-up. After the challenger missed the flying elbow drop, Off the top rope. Now, that match is actually on the history of the WWF Heavyweight Championship. So that match out there as well. And after this taping, well, marks the end of the Midnight Rockers. And not too long after this also, like I said, Jimmy Jack Funk, going to lose an eye and his job. Said it before, say it again, karma's a bitch. Back to the house shows. Omaha, Nebraska, June the 4th in front of 4341 fans at the Civic Auditorium. Hercules over Billy Jack Haynes at a chain match. Demolition battling the Can-Ams to a 20-minute draw. Sika over Corporal Kirchner, Outlaw Ron Bass defeating Scott Casey, Natural Butch Reed beating Leaping Lanny Papo, Women's Champion Fabulous Mula over Debbie Combs, Ken Patera defeating the King Harley Race, and subbing for Jake the Snake Roberts, Coco Beware pinning the Honky Tonk Man with a schoolboy roll-up. Now, Honky's title win at the Superstars taping had yet to air, thus he was not recognized as the Intercontinental Champion here, but Coco Beware essentially pinning IC champion hockey talk man here in Omaha. Then it's on to June the 5th, Richfield Coliseum, Richfield, Ohio, in front of 3,000 fans. And this card may have something to do with that. It's Steve Lombardi over C. B. Tiger Chung Lee defeating Brad Rangans, George the Animal Steel over Danny Davis on a countout. Six-man tag team action sees the Rujos team with Brutus the Barber Beefcake over Luscious Johnny V, and the new Dream Team, also the Islanders over Roma and Powers, special delivery Jones. Scoring a win over the Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty. Wow. Moving out west is uh, the Duke here. Usually stays around that Boston Providence area. Doherty all the way out here in Richfield, Ohio. And then the main event, it's Randy Savage defeating the quote-unquote IC champion Ricky Steamboat on a disqualification in a lumberjack match. Not a very good card here for an arena the size of the Richfield Coliseum. But they'll have better cards to come here, no doubt about it, later here in 1987 most specifically Thanksgiving night. But we continue on here in the month of June, June 5th, once again in front of 8,700 fans, Chicago, Illinois at the Rosemont Horizon. Lanny Poffo over Frenchy e. Martin. Ron Bass defeating Scott Casey. Sika pinning Corporal Kirchner. Ken Patera once again defeating King Harley Race. Women's champion Moolah over Debbie Combs. It's the Can-Am Connection over Demolition on a DQ. Hercules pins Billy Jack Haynes yet again in another chain match. And in the main event, WWF champion Hulk Hogan pins the Honky Tonk Man with the big leg drop. And again, Honky's title win has not aired yet, but Hulk Hogan made sure to get that pinfall victory over the Intercontinental Champion. Though as of right now, since it doesn't air for another week or so, Honky Tonk Man not announced as IC Champion here. Because if it doesn't happen on TV, it hasn't really happened. At least in the WWF. We go on to Landover, Maryland at the Capitol Center. On June the 6th, Ron Bass over Scott Casey. Sika defeating Kirchner once more. It's women's champion Moolah over Debbie Combs. The Islanders defeating Roma and Powers. Billy Jack Haynes battling Hercules to a draw. Six-man tag sees the Rujos once again team with Brutus Beefcake to defeat the team of the new Dream Team and Johnny V. And in the main event, it's still IC champion Ricky Steamboat defeating the macho man Randy Savage inside a steel cage. That might be their last confrontation, or at least their last steel cage match. I'm not certain. We'll have to see as we move on here in the month of June. And move on we do. June 6th also, this time, Boston, Massachusetts, the Boston Garden, in front of 10,000 fans televised on the New England Sports Network, including Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain heenan and Craig DeGeorge on commentary. And the main event here tonight, a rematch between the WWF champion Hulk Hogan taking on the King Harley Race. This time around, it's no-holds-barred in a Texas death match. Let's hear from the champion.
0: All right, Gene to reminding you we're going to be back in town at the Boston Garden coming up on D Day, Saturday, June the 6th. Tremendous World Wrestling Federation card. Now, after what happened last weekend, promoters went to work right away, signing Hulk Hogan in a return bout title defense, Texas death match, no holes barred against the king of wrestling, Harley Race. Right now, let's go to the videotape in the comments of the champion.
3: <sighs> we know we've about
1: had enough to hear, man. WrestleMania, the pressure, you know, all that coming down on my shoulders. Everywhere I go, it's always something, and especially the Boston Gardens, man. Every time I come here, something goes down, man. Well, I've had it up to here. The Hulkamaniacs have had it up to here. We want a winner and a loser, and enough of this Gaga, man. Harley race. Andre the Giant was easy. Me, brother, compared to what you did to me in the Boston Gardens, You know, some people make on-the-spot decisions, man, do crazy things, go to prison for life sometimes, and right now, man, I'm going to make an on-the-spot decision, man, and this decision is. The only thing I care about, King, oh yeah, I've had it up to here, man, the only thing I care about is getting you back in the ring of the Boston Gardens in a match with no rules, no time limits, I don't even care if there's a referee in the building. Oh, yeah, man, this may sound crazy. World title on the line, King. And I don't care, man. If I can't beat you in that type of match, or if you beat me, man, I'll quit wrestling. I'll hang it up for good. I'll hand the world headway title to Bobby Louise on hand. But we've had it up to here. Boston's not going for it. I'm not going for it. The Hulkamaniacs have
2: had it up to here with you. All right, and the Hulkster sounds ready for his match upcoming here later tonight against the King, but for now, we look at some of the other action on the show. Jose Estrada now subbing for the departed Jimmy Jack Funk, so Estrada in, Jimmy Jack Funk out of the company. Estrada scoring a win here over C.B. Afi. also on the card, we're going to see the Can-Am Connection take on Demolition here. we got a couple of promos lined up from Demolition, also going to sprinkle in a little bit of Danny Davis as he talks his upcoming match with George the Animal Steel.
0: All right, we're going to be back here in the Boston Garden Saturday night, June the 6th. I have received a number of telephone calls in regards to the return title defense for Hulk Hogan against Harley Race. A Texas death match, no holds barred. Now, essentially, what it means is a winner will not be declared officially in this kind of a match until his opponent can no longer continue with the match. That opens up all kinds of doors. Danny Davis, come on in if you would please. That's dangerous, da- Danny D- Davis. dangerous, Danny Davis. George the Animal Steel, also another dangerous man here in the World Wrestling Federation.
1: George Steel is one of the most dangerous men, if not the most dangerous man, in wrestling today, anywhere. If I didn't know better, I would say this is a plot against Danny Davis from the head office, namely Jack Tunney. You're becoming paranoid. To get me, to get me hurt or injured permanently where I can't even wrestle. Well, let me tell you something, Jack Tunney. I used to be a referee. (laughs) And I know the ins and the outs pretty good about winning matches. And let me tell you something. I have a few surprises for George Steele and Mr. Tunney and the people in the Boston Garden come June
0: 6th. All right, I thank you very much. Dangerous Danny Davis. By the way, Coco Beware will be squaring off against the Honky Tonk Band here at the Boston Garden on Saturday night, June the 6th. You talk about the great tag teams. The very popular Can-Am connection, Rick Martell and Tom Zink. Going against my guest at this time. Gentlemen, come on in. Big day June the 6th for the two of you. What about it, Axe? I'm smashing
1: that, Axe! Get it right, will you And the people know in the Boston Gardens who we are. It's kind of like this when there's a pretty boy. Team like the Can-Ams. That's what we like best. Because when Fuji has a little smile on his face, Axe might be out there and break an ankle. I might be out there to break an elbow! And why not in Boston, because the people are a little crazy there. But we're crazier, isn't that right, Axe? Believe it or not, you're looking at two of the happiest men in the world today. I don't believe it. Believe it or not, we are very, very happy to be back in Boston Gardens. The last time we were in the gardens, we totally demolished the Islanders. And now we really get a choice team. They can't have connection. They bounce around smiling, being very happy and cheerful. You're not going to bounce too long because you got to settle down and you got to fight for your life. Right here in Boston, you put that nice, pretty smile out. You bounce around the ring for a few minutes. You look around and you count all the people because pretty soon you're going to be in a hospital. You're not going to be doing anything but bleeding and mending bones.
0: Wait a minute. Is, is, is that a... Is that a threat or a promise? That's a promise. Gene. That's, a, that's what I thought. Hey, we Thank might you. do it to you. Very do. good. Oh, please. Thank you, Demolition. Boston Garden, June 6, Saturday night. Come on in, Demolition. Axe and smash tonight, Mr. Fuji, to meet the Can Am Connection.
1: Let me tell you fresh meat. Smell fresh meat in this Fuji refrigerator. Fresh. Good. Fresh right, meat. Right, my huh? man. What? Right. What, what, what about it, Axe? <laughs> that smasher, and that's Axe! Oh, Irving, I'm and tired of you!
0: Harvey! Irving. Irving! Irving. Anyway, tonight, gentlemen, the Can-Am connection, Axe.
1: That smash. smash.
0: Smash. I get it. It's, it's
1: kind of like this. Just another really pretty really face. Well, when Fuji says to break that pretty <laughs> face, <laughs> we do. And all you people at the Boston Gardens know We might smash your face, or it might be the Can-Ams. Isn't that right, Ax? We've got an opportunity right now to please Master Fuji. We've got an opportunity in a few short hours to show the people in Boston and the Can-Am connection what war is all about. Pretty faces, nice bodies, pretty outfits, all white before the match. Red and crimson after the match. After our victory, that is.
0: Well, that's a little uh, optimistic. I don't know, gentlemen, if you're going to see that. I will say this, though. These outfits are very catchy. They're very, excuse the expression, sharp. (laughs) You get that? Not only
1: are they sharp, they're devastating. And the Can-Ams. How would you like this upside your face? All right, Boston Garden, ladies and gentlemen,
2: Can-Am Connection, meeting demolition. All right, let's see if these promos did demos any favor. Nope, it's the Can-Am Connection defeating the team of Axe and Smash Demolition. Fuji in their corner, Martell pinning Axe with a cross-body block here on the show. So a definitive pinfall for the Can-Ams over Demolition. And post-match, Craig did George conducting an interview with the Can-Ams at ringside, trying to get them over with the locals there in Boston. Also on the card, Special Delivery Jones over the Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty, once again. And up next on the card, it's the Honky Tonk Man scheduled to take on Coco Beware. Coco subbing for the injured Jake, the Snake Roberts. As I cue up a few sound bites here, we're going to hear from the Honky Tonk Man on a couple of occasions. Plus, we'll hear from the Birdman. Even got a little bit of George Steele sprinkled in here. He's going to talk his upcoming match against Danny Davis.
0: All right, the World Wrestling Federation back here in Boston at the Garden Saturday night, June 6th. Phenomenal World Wrestling Federation card. In a return title defense, it's going to be Hulk Hulk Hogan. Defending against the king of wrestling, Harley Race. And you know, after what happened last time, the reasons why promoters signed this as a Texas death match, no holes barred. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about that big one in detail. George the Animal Steel to meet dangerous Danny Davis. Come on in, if you would, Jimmy Hart. Davis, <laughs> part of your Hart Foundation, the former referee who's made good as a wrestler.
4: You know, it's a big match for us. George the Animal Steel, he's wild, he's crazy, he's unpredictable. But I promise you this, George. We've got a big surprise for you, Daddy, and you can bank on that. <laughs> All right,
0: Coco, beware. It's going to be going against uh, this gentleman, uh, our guest, your man from Memphis, Tennessee, the home of Honky Land, USA. <laughs> is that correct, Honky Tonk Man?
5: The last time the Honky Tonk Man played Boston Garden, 20,000 people were screaming for the Honky Tonk Man. 20,000 people were screaming, we want to hear that song, Honky Tonk Man. We want to hear the number one hit single. And I didn't give it to them because I wanted to make them wait. You teased them. I teased them just like I tease them every time the honky-tonk man steps out there. I didn't give them what they wanted. Because if you give people what they want, they won't ever come back. And I want them coming back to see the honky-tonk man. I want them back Saturday, June the 6th in Boston Garden. Because I want them to see and I want them to hear. The honky-tonk man at his finest. By the way, where is your guitar?
0: You, you look just about naked without it on you.
5: The reason it's not here Is because, and I'm gonna let everybody out there know, this man has been trying to badger me. He's been trying to make me sing my song. You have.
0: I don't badger anything. You've been trying
5: to make me sing it for free. You've been trying to make me sing it on national TV so everybody can hear it. But that's not the case. The honky tonk man does nothing for free. Nothing. If I don't make a dollar, I don't do anything. And I'm telling you, Gene. Peggy Sue said, honky-tonk, man, do not let this guy trap you. Don't (laughs) sing the song on national TV because you're not going to make any money for it. You sing it in the Boston Gardens. You sing it Saturday night, June the 6th. And that's what the Honky Tonk Man is going to do, Gene. And if you're going to be there, I'll sing it for you. And you can hear it. You can bring the cameras. Then you can play it on TV.
0: You know who's got a pretty good voice? The guy that I really enjoy is Coco Beware. He sings oh, real
4: good. God. Oh, come on. Haven't he you really heard does?
5: He sure does. He's yeah. going to be singing. He's going to be singing a tune with the Honky Tonk Man. That's because it, man. when I lay that guitar just right on the side of his head, and you know he's got a pretty hard head, but I think he's going to go down. <laughs> and when he goes down, a Honky Tonk Man will cover one, two, three that's it for the bird the honky-tonk man will take the guitar he'll strum it real slow and he'll say Whoo! peggy sue you're all right with me <laughs>
0: you know they got a new greaseless hair hair tonic out of the market now i'll have to tell you about it a little bit later on boston garden get ready big one june 6th all right stay tuned there's more action coming up in just a moment a week from this saturday next saturday night boston garden june the sixth what a phenomenal phenomenal card it a return the defense hulk hogan to defend the heavyweight championship of the world against the king harley race Texas Death Match, no holds barred. George the Animal Steel, come on in. George Steele, next Saturday night here in Boston. You're going to be facing Danny Davis, and yes, he is dangerous. On Saturday night's main event, he blasted you on the side of the head with a steel bell.
1: No, Davis, pay George hit Davis. Hmm. On the, head. Is this the contract, George?
0: Yes. You better read between the lines there.
1: Denny Davis signed contract. No
0: get hurt. Thank you, George. Check that paperwork over. I think he signed it twice. Coco, beware. Come on in. All right. All right get ready. The bird band is going to be flying high next
1: Saturday night. Coco, you're going to be going against the honky-tonk man. Have you heard him play the guitar? I heard him play the guitar, Mean G. But, brother, I'm telling you one thing. I'm going to play the guitar on top of his head, brother, because, you see, I was born with rhythm, and the honky-tonk man, he's trying to get a rhythm.
0: I, I hear you loud and clear. He also has Jimmy the Moth of the Soft Heart in his corner. And uh, he's got a, an eye on Frankie. So That's all
1: right. Go. Everybody got their eye on Frankie because Frankie can do the bird, brother. Frankie can fly. Frankie looks good. And, brother, what can Frankie do best? Jim Hart knows. Watch out. I Look thank out. you next Saturday night at the Boston Garden. From top to bottom, a
0: phenomenal card. All right, the World Wrestling Federation back here in Boston at the Garden Saturday night, June 6th. Phenomenal World Wrestling Federation card. In a return title defense, it's going to be Hulk Hogan. Defending against the King of Wrestling Harley Race, and you know, after what happened last time, the reasons why promoters signed this as a Texas death match, no holes barred. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about that big one in detail. George the Animal Steel to meet. Dangerous, Danny Davis. Come on in, if you would, Jimmy Hart. Davis, part of your Hart Foundation, the former referee who's made good as a wrestler.
4: You know, it's a big match for us. George Animal Steel, he's wild, he's crazy, he's unpredictable. But I promise you this, George, we've got a big surprise for you, Daddy, and you can bank on that. All right, Coco,
0: beware. It's going to be going against uh, this gentleman, uh, our guest, your man from Memphis, Tennessee, the home of Honky Land USA, is that correct, Honky Tonk Man?
5: The last time the honky-tonk man played Boston Garden, 20,000 people were screaming for the honky-tonk man. 20,000 people were screaming, We want to hear that song, honky-tonk man. We want to hear the number one hit single. And I didn't give it to them because I wanted to make them wait. You teased them. I teased them just like I tease them every time the honky-tonk man steps out there. I didn't give them what they wanted. Because if you give people what they want, they won't ever come back. And I want them coming back to see the honky-tonk man. I want them back Saturday, June the 6th in Boston Garden because I want them to see and I want them to hear the honky-tonk man at his finest. By the way, where
0: is your guitar? You you look just about naked without it on you.
5: The reason it's not here is because, and I'm going to let everybody out there know, this man has been trying to badger me. He's been trying to make me sing my song. You have. I don't badger anybody. You've been trying to make me sing it for free. You've been trying to make me sing it on national TV so everybody can hear it. But that's not the case. The honky-tonk man does nothing for free. Nothing. If I don't make a dollar, I don't do anything. And I'm telling you, Gene, Peggy Sue said honky-tonk man, do not let this guy trap you. Don't sing the song on national TV because you're yet. not going to make any money for it. You sing it in the Boston Gardens. You sing it Saturday night, June the 6th. And that's what the honky tonk man's gonna do, Gene. And if you're gonna be there, I'll sing it for you and you can hear it. You can bring the cameras, then you can play it on TV.
0: You know who's got a pretty good voice? A guy that I really enjoy is Coco Beware. He sings oh, real good. Oh, God. oh, come on, haven't he really you heard him?
5: He does, he sure does. He's gonna be singing. He's gonna be singing a tune with the honky tonk man because when I lay that guitar just right on the side of his head, and you know he's got a pretty hard head, but I think he's gonna go down. And when he goes down, a honky tonk man will cover one, two, three, that's it for the bird, the honky-tonk man. will take the guitar, he'll strum it real slow, and he'll say, Peggy Sue, you're all right with me.
0: You know, they've got a new greaseless hair, hair tonic out of the market now. I'll have to tell you about it a little bit later on.
5: All right, get ready
0: tonight here in Boston at the Boston Garden. Tremendous World Wrestling Federation action. Coco Beware goes against my guest at this time. Fresh off a little vacation, as I understand it. Honky-tonk man should have taken the time
5: Fresh to tune guitar, that guitar. Sure. <laughs> Fresh tune job on his guitar, too. Coco Beware Tonight's his night Coco Beware gets to hear the honky-tonk man sing his song just like everybody, at 22,000 people in the Boston Garden screaming for the honky-tonk man to sing that song. Tonight it's gonna happen, tonight they get to hear it. They get to hear the song that rang around the world. They get to hear the song that Jake the Snake heard real close. That, that big hit of yours, that, that was a big hit. It was a big hit, it yeah. is a big hit. It's still ringing around the world. They show it on every TV station in the World Wrestling Federation. And Coco Beware and Frankie, he gets to hear it too. Frankie likes my music, he squawks every time he hears it. <coughs> I'd
0: squat too. Hey, uh, wait a minute. Honky Tonk Man, what about Betty Lou? Baby, Lou. Peggy you, some I'm sorry. She's
2: going to uh, be here. Uh, uh, All right, let's see how this plays out. It is Intercontinental Champion, though not announced as such yet. Honky Tonk Man pinning Birdman Coco B. We're subbing for that injured Jake Roberts here. Honky using the shake, rattle, and roll. And once again, nor was he announced as the IC Champion, but Honky Tonk Man getting a big win here on the local TV in Boston. Also on the card, Tiger Chung Lee downing Brad Rangans, and we've already heard from both men once. Let's hear from him again. Upcoming next, George the Animal Steel scheduled to take on Danny Davis. Let's hear from both sides.
0: All right, stay tuned. We're going to get you back to more rough and tumble action here in just a moment or two. We're going to be back at the Boston Garden Saturday night, June the 6th. Circle that date on your calendar and get ready for one fantastic evening. As you know by now, in a return match, the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, defends against the King of Wrestling Harley race in a Texas Death Match. No holes barred. Nothing really counts until one man cannot continue on in the match, and only then will a winner be declared. This is a fight to the finish. Texas death Match. George the Animal Steel. George, I'd like to have you join us back here in Boston. You're going to be squaring off. Boston! Yes, Boston, Massachusetts. The Boston Garden, George. Danny Davis will be your opponent. He is part of the Heart Foundation right now, and I don't know, George, if he can be trusted.
1: Davis! Be hurt.
0: You're going to hurt him, George. Is that right?
1: I go to Boston. Yes. Watch hunky-talk play music.
0: Coco hurt him. What about what about Hulk and... and Hulk
1: make king bow. Oh. Very good, George. George... Hurt! Referee!
0: Danny Davis. Danny, former referee.
1: All right, next Saturday night here at Boston.
0: Jimmy Hart, come on in. Certainly your family is going to be ever-present next Saturday night here in Boston. Uh, Dangerous Danny Davis. Davis, if you could join us. I don't want to catch the loitering out here. Your man is going to be facing George the Animal Steel.
4: That's right. He's crazy. He's unpredictable. But he did sign the open
1: contract, and we're ready, aren't we, Danny?
0: Danny Davis, does George the Animal Steel, does that name ring a bell?
1: Sure does. <laughs> you got that, didn't you? Explain know? something to sure. you. Okay. We know that George Steele is the most dangerous man in professional wrestling today. What are you laughing at? I'm not laughing at anything. This guy. This... Take a look at his clothes on this guy. Hey, come on! I'm tired of you making fun of my clothes. This is serious to me. Honky Tonk Man gave this outfit to me. Danny, you don't talk like that to me. Let's get back to the matter. Sure, I like don't, don't, don't mind. George Steele. Danny Davis was the greatest referee the World Wrestling Federation has ever known. And Jimmy and I have gotten our heads together, and we're going to use my experience as a referee to defeat you in Boston Gardens.
0: Very good, I thank you. Honky Tonk Band, come on in. Oh, look at this. Honky
5: Tonk. <laughs> Get ready. Coco Beware, the Burr oh, man. I'm already ready. Honky Tonk Man is ready. I'm hitting on 16 ready, cylinders. Man. And on Saturday night, June 6th, Saturday night's a Honky Tonk Man's night out. Me and Peggy Sue, when we leave the garden, I'm going to pull her up real close because it'll be the end of Coco Beware. There won't be any Frankie around. I'm going to pull her up real close and we're going <laughs> to glide across the hardwood floors in Boston. Woo!
0: All right, guys, thank you very much.
2: Okay, we hear from both guys once again, even get a little bit of honky-tonk man in there. George the Animal Steel winds up defeating Dangerous Danny Davis, albeit on a count-out Davis running away from ringside after sustaining nine consecutive body slams. No question who the bump taker in that match was. Also on the card, leaping Lanny Poffo over Frenchie Martin. And then it's here, guys, the Texas death Match, the rematch from last month. Remember, it was Hogan pinning the King Harley Race race wanting revenge and now he's going to get his chance the two men going at it again here but first i've got a plethora of soundbites queued up if you guys like to hear from the hulkster well we got plenty coming your way we're also going to hear from the king harley race and his manager bobby the brain heenan
0: i to remind you we're going to be back in town of the boston garden saturday night june the 6th for a phenomenal world wrestling federation card there are a number of great, great bouts in this car, but I don't want to talk about them right now. There is only one thing I want to discuss, and I want to talk to the man himself about it, the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, return bout against the King of Wrestling, Harley Race, Texas Death Match, no holds barred, and what I've heard on the street, is it true? Have you actually said oh, if he man. beats you, you hang it up? Well, a lot of on-the-spot
1: decisions are made, man. A lot of people, because family and friends are hurt, sometimes do crazy things, go to jail forever simply because of our institutions. And yeah, I made an on-the-spot decision. When I was left laying in the Boston yards, I had up to here with the WWF, with WrestleMania, and especially the Weasel. And when I said I quit wrestling, if the king beat me in a Texas death match, that's just what I meant. Especially when I went to the airport the next morning in Boston, all people saw was the pythons. Oh, Hoster, they're so big. We'll remember them as long as we live. They're so huge. They look like old trees. The Hulkamaniacs don't care if I'm battered or scarred. They don't care if I'm barely alive. They don't care if I can barely walk. All the Hulkamaniacs care about is training, the prayers and the vitamins. Holding your head high. No cry, baby Gaga. That's why I'm glad about this decision, Boston. That's why I'm glad that if Harley Race defeat me, I'll quit wrestling. Hulkamania will live forever. A us touch this death match. Under your guidance, Hulkamaniacs, anything I do will be accepted. And the last man left playing in the ring loses the match just the way I like it. Get ready, Boston! Ah. You've
0: never seen anything like it before and never again. June the 6th. I wanted to pin you down for just a sec. You still look pretty tough shape. Oh, Colton, you know, I'm going to get better and you're not. What about the king? Is he going to get better? You're the talking king's about in a next no match.
1: You see, the king's in no trouble. I wasn't there last time because of a neck injury. Well, it's getting better slowly. But I will be here in the Boston Gardens on Saturday night, June 6th. And I'm not just going to be here to watch you have your butt kicked, Hogan. I'm going to be here to strap some gold around the waist of the king. I'm going to be here to hold the crown. And then I'm going to step into that ring. And I'm going to place that crown on top of his head. Wrap him up in that purple robe and hand him that 20 pounds of gold. Unheard of. World Championship. These kind of rules where there are no rules. Anything can happen. Hogan, you've had fun as champions. Good now
0: luck. it's our turn. Good luck Boston next Saturday night Big, big card All right, the Boston Garden The scene of so many great Classic wrestling matches Over the years The home of the Celtics The home of the Bruins And the home of perhaps The greatest fans In all of the world Saturday night Next Saturday night but let's not mess around. Let's not take up any more time. Heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan. Ooh. A return
1: title defense next Saturday in the Garden. The King Harley Race Texas death Match, No holds barred. Brother, 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 brother. Would I go into a Texas Deathmatch without a pump-on, Daddy? Look okay. at no way, man. You know, I came out here and made an off-the-wall statement in the Boston Gardens. And you have to relate it to life, you know. Sometimes if you should put your hands on somebody's loved ones, do something crazy, take your head off, go to jail for life because they don't care. Overreaction, man. And when I came out in the Boston Gardens and said i quit wrestling if I lost a Texas Deathmatch, i mean it. I don't regret it. Because now that I've been thinking about it, not only am I peak primed and ready, the ultimate human destruction machine, i'm fresh off a victory with a giant man and when you clean my clock Harley Race with 36 pounds of gold brother you couldn't
0: take me out for good you know bobby heen and those gotta be playing the odds uh, He's had his entire family up against you at one time or another. Andre the Giant at Wrestlemania. And after the last time
1: out of the Boston Garden, I still think you're you're running up against the odds, Hulk. Well, I like it, man. I like beating the odds, you know. Because I bring on G-Force, Top Gun, the gold. I that are way out of sight for you, Weasel. You can never attain those. The guts put me over the edge in the guidance. Oh, yeah. Can't beat that, man. You cannot. Hulk Hogan Texas, this match. Hardly waste the challenge. night, the Boston Garden.
0: All right, what a card. Boston, get ready. Saturday night, June the 6th, the Boston Garden, the World Wrestling Federation, is going to be back. George, the animal steal to meet dangerous Daddy Davis. Coco, beware to meet the honky-tonk man. In tag team action, the Can-Am Connection squares off. Against demolition. come on in, Bobby Heenan. I'm very curious, how's that neck doing, pal? I'm
1: not your pal. It's none of your business. I on was my concerned. I was... You were not concerned to me about me. You don't care about me. You don't even like me. Quit trying to snow these poor, ignorant people out there. I don't care about you either. And I care less about Hulk Hogan. What a dummy. No holds barred. Texas Deathmatch rules for the championship of the world. In a I, I, return. I know that in a return. It bothers you, doesn't it? Yes, it does bother me. It's about 5 foot 8 with a mustache. But I'll tell you what it really bothers me is the fact that the king of professional wrestling is not the world's champion as I stand here. But on June sixth, he's going to be, because here is the man who's going to take the gold home, the champion of the world as far as I'm concerned. You be quiet, keep your hands to yourself. I don't know where, where you've th- been.
0: King of wrestling, Harley Ray.
1: Let me tell you something, Mr. Oakland, and I use that term ultra loosely. When Hawk Hogan was in the Boston Gardens with the King, I should have just went on right then and done what I'm going to do in this Texas death match. He was left laying at a pool of his own blood. And when I'm done with him in a Texas death match, that's Harley race right down my alley. There's not a a rule. There's nothing that I cannot do, and please believe me, there's nothing that I won't do. All right, I Hogan, think Hogan, you're mine. Thank you. All man. night long.
0: Very much, gentlemen. Very good. Boston Garden, Saturday night, June 6. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back. <laughs> All right, hi again, Boston. Gene O'Connor reminding you we're going to be back at the Boston Garden Saturday night, June the 6th. I cannot believe this card. I'm not going to, I'm not going to mess around. I'm not going to jack around. I'm going to get him in here right away.
1: Heavyweight
0: no. champion no, of the no world. No you can. Welcome back to Boston. A return title defense for you against the King of Wrestling, Harley Race and Hulk. After what happened
1: the last time at the Boston Garden, oh, yeah. Texas Deathmatch, No Holes Barred. Well, now they're finally starting to understand. Why I get to the mountaintop? Why I stay so intense? You know, sometimes when you get it all, people back off. But it's harder to keep it, man. With Andre the Giant at my feet, the whole world watching, the largest arms in the world raised in victory. No, so I didn't back off, man. That's why the sweat turns into rivers in the gym. That's why the intensity turns into laser beams. And after what went down in Boston Brothers, the Hulk has been holding some private training session with my main man, Pat Katina, world's brother, and Harley Race the King. I hope you get the whole board loaded with all the weasel's men and all the weasel's horses. What do you want?
0: Hulk, I've just got to bring it up. You know, in private conversation, and even publicly here on television, Bobby Heenan and Harley Race have suggested if they should, by some fluke, upset you and arrest the world's heavyweight crown, they would ask you to bow at the king's feet. Can you believe that? They have
1: to break my back in half. All i got to say, it's almost like insanity. There's no way out for you dudes. All my boss and maniacs know what's going down. And when I get the chance, given point in time. I hope you weasel and Harley Race are ready to be disgraced. I want the crown on my head. There's both of you punks at my feet.
0: Oh, he is tuned up for this one. Get ready. Texas Deathmatch fight to the finish. Hulk Hogan to defend against the King Harley race. Saturday, June 6th. All right, stay tuned for more exciting World Wrestling Federation action just hours away down at the Boston Garden. Tonight is the night. phenomenal card. And in a return title defense, the heavyweight champion of the world. Tonight, Hulk Hogan in a Texas Deathmatch, no holds barred, will be challenged by this man. Yes, it is a return. But King Harley wrestling... Sands manager, Bobby Heenan. Heenan apparently not here this week,
1: Harley. Right, The king, I'm sorry. Your highness. You better keep it that way, Mr. Oakland, because tonight in the Boston Gardens you're going to see a man's career come to an end. A legend in a few short years is going to be extinguished. Mr. Hogan, I'm looking dead at you, I hope if i'm not i'm looking at those morons that support you because in the boston gardens tonight and let me say that one more time tonight in the boston gardens hogan is the end of your career and you're damn well gonna bow at the feet of the king when i remove the belt
0: well i'll tell you what don't don't run away your highness but in all due respect this guy has held the title Under some pretty tough conditions for the past three and a half years, not even Andre the Giant could upend Hulk Hogan.
1: I'm not Andre the Giant, and I've held more titles than Hulk Hogan will ever hold the longest day of his life. That's why I wear the crown, and in the Boston Gardens tonight, I'll wear the gold. All right, we're going to
0: find out just hours away. Hulk Hogan to meet Harley Race Texas Deathmatch. Don't miss it all right boston tonight is tonight down at the boston garden the world wrestling federation is going to be back in town are you ready for this one a main event It a return title defense the heavyweight champion of the world hulk hogan to defend against the king Ooh, harley race hot, oh, tonight texas
1: death match no oh, holds barred in other words let it all hang out well you don't know mean gene the hulk the maniacs around here can't actually believe that i've been walking around with a smile on my face Hollywood Dave, my main man said, you're out of your mind. The people down in the Ramada said, you act like it's a holiday. But the key word here, me and Gene, is the momentum. The momentum that Hulkamania has been running on, brother. With the guidance from the big dude upstairs, the goals I set, and the guts I got inside momentum is too much man it's just like a big snowball man a big boulder like an avalanche coming down a hill with so much momentum it rips redwood trees out of the ground wipes out houses man wipes out mansions that's just what hulkamania is about and for people like you harley race and the weasel it's time to get Hawk brother. Because when the momentum hits you, not only will you believe, you'll realize where I'm coming from.
0: You know, Hulk, a Texas death match, Though so I don't know, maybe that's too much to ask of a heavyweight champion. Of course, the winner is the man that, that can continue through this match. It, it, it's not a lovely sight. I've seen them before.
1: Not worried about the Texas death match. Not worried about no rules, no referees, no disqualifications. I just want to know how far do you want me to go? We're going to find out tonight is the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, to defend against
0: the
2: King. Okay, we're back from that slew of promos leading into this match. Talk about week after week building this up in the local Boston market. They had to have loved this kind of stuff. I know I did in my market. Let's see what happens here. It's WWF champion Hulk Hogan once again pinning the King Harley race in this Texas death match, this time after hitting him with the title belt. It's legal, guys. Race accidentally delivered a diving headbutt onto the belt but that wasn't enough Hogan having to pick it up and clock race again with it to score the win here. Then we move on to Sacramento, California in the Arco Arena. June the 7th, front of 4,500 fans. Frenchie Martin over C.B. Brutus the Barber Beefcake continues to defeat luscious Johnny V. Ravishing Rick Rude now in the company. Rude scoring a win over Jose Estrada with a slingshot suplex. Also on the card, it's demolition over the Killer Bees. We even have ladies champion Moolah scheduled to defend her title against Debbie Combs.
0: All right, the longtime ladies champion, the fabulous fuller, welcome back to Sacramento Arco Arena. Next Sunday night, June the 7th, you've got a title defense, challenger Miss Debbie Combs.
3: Thank God. I'm glad she was finally had guts enough to challenge me because I accepted it before she did. I've been waiting for this for a long, long time. And uh, I've got a lot in store for Miss Debbie, and I'm sure she'll never forget the fabulous Mula if she's able to walk uh, out of that ring. She's
0: got some lovely hair. I uh, like.
3: Well, like that's that. up to you to so say. It'll be. It won't be that lovely when I turn her a loose because I've got a lot of swinging to do by that hair, and it's a lot of hair to swing. So, I'm. I'm really looking forward to this match. I
0: like to swing a little myself.
3: Well, well that's up to you and Debbie, not up to me. Oh,
0: thank you very much. Thank you. Long-time ladies champion, a fabulous Mula. Arco Arena next Sunday night, June the 7th. Danny Davis, come on in. Phenomenal card, Ricky Steamboat. Of course, it's going to be challenged by Hercules. And you're going to be going against Billy Jack. Your man is going against Billy Jack. How would you sign a match like that, Jimmy Hart? Because we've got an open contract. And this man runs from nobody, right, baby? He's got
1: to be nuts. This is why it's too much too soon. When Jimmy Hart offered me a position in the Hart Foundation, I accepted. This man is the brains behind the brawn. He knows that Billy Jack Haynes is at his weakest point right now. And it's to my advantage to challenge him in June. How, how June can, 7th. How can you say that? And to defeat him. Can you imagine the prestige and the Fuck notoriety you. I'll get when I beat Billy Jack hey, Haynes? Listen, if you, if you beat him, you bet. That's going to be a big move upward for you. Well, that's why Jimmy Hart's my manager. And I was the greatest referee that ever was. And I know all the rules. And I'm going to use them, too. All so right. between the two of us, we can't lose. I don't, I don't
0: know. It, it might be too much too soon, Jimmy Hart. He's you ready. may have over He's ready. overdone it this time. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back after this.
2: All right, so we heard from Mula. We even heard from Danny Davis there, but the ladies champion Mula winds up defeating Debbie Combs here. Also, Davis put in the ring here tonight against Billy Jack Haynes, and it's Haynes defeating Dangerous Danny on a disqualification after interference from the mighty Hercules. And speaking of Hercules, in the main event on this card, Hercules going over on, well, he's still announced as the Intercontinental Champion. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Hercules getting that win, albeit on a countout. Interesting card there in Sacramento as we move on to the WWF Houston, Texas. Still working with Paul Bosch. In fact, it's Bosch and Peter Burkholz on commentary here at the Sam Houston Coliseum. June the 7th sees the Islanders over Roma and Powers. The Midgets in action. Lord Littlebrook and Cowboy Lang defeating the team of Little Coco and Karate Chris Doobie. Also on the card, Outlaw Ron Bass defeating Cowboy Scott Casey. And for International Wrestling Challenge, we're going to see Sam Houston pinning Terry Gibbs with a Bulldog. Also, for International Wrestling Challenge, Coco Beware scoring a win over the Red Demon. That's Jose Luis Rivera. Also slated for the show, George the Animal Steel going to take on Tiger Chung Lee. Let's hear from the animal. Eugene! Say...
1: George, go. Houston. George, tell Eugene. Okay.
2: Bye-bye. All right, and it is George Steele defeating Tiger Chung Lee. Was there ever any doubt? Also on the card, Tito Santana defeating Killer Khan on a DQ. Khan looked like he was picking Santana up for an atomic drop, but intentionally drops Tito crotch first across that top rope, earning the disqualification win here was Tito Santana. That match on the best of the WWF Volume 14, by the way. Also here in Houston, airing on Houston TV. Listen to this. The one man gang scoring a pinfall victory over a baby Ted DiBiase. Now the gang using his feet on the ropes for leverage here, but after the match, Sam Houston comes out to ringside to dispute the call, eventually helping DiBiase clear the ring of the gang with a double dropkick. We're going to see a return match of sorts here next time. DiBiase going to team with Sam Houston, but things will get a little interesting. But that's next time here in Houston, and then in the main event here at the Sam Houston Coliseum, it was supposed to be a return match. Remember, we heard the promos last time. It was supposed to be Hacksaw Jim Duggan with Jake the Snake Roberts in his corner, another familiar name to the Houston wrestling fans. (laughs) I'm going to try to get hold of him and bring him up here.
5: Nikolai Volkov, the winner of the match. And Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, now asking Better for the mic. tell you
1: two something. If there are the rules you want to play with, next time I'm in Houston, I'm going to have myself an all-American ringside You USA! USA!
4: And listen USA! to this.
5: Proud of 9000 strong as they chant USA USA showing their total 110 percent support of Hacksaw Duggan and you heard it Paul he promised that next time here bring somebody in his corner and make the odds even and that spells big trouble for Slick and his team
6: nobody can fight past odds when there are three against one things are due to happen
5: we'll be back in just one moment
6: well, we're here with Huggins, at least we're trying
1: to get him to quiet down. I'm, um, right I'm here, I'm right here, Mr. Jeff. Bosch. Let me tell you folks out there something. You know Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and I'm not one to come out here and cry about spilled milk. But let me tell Slick, let me tell that Iranian Sheik, and let me tell that Big Russian something. If that's the rules you guys want to play with, if that's the kind of tactics you guys want to use, let me tell you, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan's no stranger than that, Paul Bosch. You know, I have a few friends of my, myself. El old know Hacksaw knows how to use the telephone, and I'm not afraid to call a few of them up. I can mention their names out here right now, Mr. Bosch, but that's not the way Hacksaw Jim Duggan is. Remember Volkoff, remember Sheik, and you, slick, you should be ashamed to call yourself an American. Remember one thing, when you have Hacksaw Jim Duggan out in that ring, you just don't have to beat me, but you have to beat every American and that building, and that's one thing none of three of you can do.
5: Okay! Hacksaw Jim Duggan is one of Houston Wrestling's all-favorite wrestlers, and he will be in for the battle of his life on Sunday, June 7th, at the same Houston Coliseum, when he faces the rugged Russian Nikolai Volkov in a return battle. But Duggan will have a friend this time in his corner. Jake the Snake will be there with his snake, Damien as they battle Volkov. But let's listen to what Duggan has to say, plus Volkov.
1: I don't care who's supposed to be next! I'm gonna be next! That's the way it's gonna be! Houston, Texas, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan's here to promise you something. And you folks know when old Hacksaw says he's going to do something, you can count on it. So next time that great, big, strong Nikolai Volkov comes down to the ring and he tries to sing that Russian national anthem, old Hacksaw Duggan's going to come from the back. And baby, you don't only have to beat me, you're going to have to beat every American in that building. And you can't do that, Volkov. So, tough guy, old Hacksaw get down to his three point stance, finish you off with a clothesline. I just got off the telephone with my friend, Jake Roberts, and he promised me that he was going to come, sit ringside, and guess who he's bringing, Volkov? Damien. So after it's one, two, three on you, I wouldn't be too surprised. Matter of fact, I bet that old Jake's going to stick that snake on you. Tough guy.
7: You know you know me, I'm not the kind of guy that stands alongside just anybody. I mean, some people will pledge allegiance to any flag. But sometimes, I've went out here, I've told you, I don't need no friends. And I don't. I don't want no friends. But there are certain people in this world I do respect. And one is Jim Duggan. Because I've stood beside him before, I know what the man can do. He believes in what he wants to believe in. He's his own man. Now, he believes in this country. And Volkoff. You made a big mistake. You fellas played around with the wrong man. I mean, it's for sure one thing you know, he never gets bored, now does he? (laughs) You might get bored, but he's never bored himself. But what I want to tell you is this. In Houston, June 7th, when Hacksaw puts you down, big man, you big Russian, Damien is gonna come out and play. You know why? Because if I'm gonna sit at ringside all that time, I gotta have my kicks too, you know what I mean? It's going to happen.
1: You know, let me tell you something, Dugan. I'm more proud of Nikolai than I've ever been before, brother, because he put the whipping on you. I expected he
5: would. Now what have you done? You've gone and gotten Jake Roberts in your corner. Well, that's fine, because I'm going to have the chic in my man's corner, and you're going to get the same thing you got the last time, but only this time much more. Right, Nikolai?
1: That's right, Jim Dugan. Do you ever get any championship? The ever video in Olympics? My partner in me was war-taking champion. We had a team, He gonna be my partner, so you're not gonna be come behind my back, and you're not gonna stop the Central lantern. I go sing him all the time, all my life, all the time. This time when I come to Houston, I will be just revenge. they go finish you once for all. You go down to Charlie, New you gonna be finished, they gonna carry you out, because to me you are nothing but an ugly American hippie, and the only good American is under my feet, Finish. Over for you, blood.
2: It was supposed to be Duggan with Jake in his corner, taking on Nikolai Volkov, but Hacksaw no more, so they bring in another familiar face. It's the Junkyard Dog, with Jake the Snake in his corner, defeating Nikolai Volkov in the main event. That Dug and Nikolai match was no good last time, but JYD versus Volkov for the main event? It's no wonder Paul Bosch retired. Then from there, June 7th, Maple Leaf Gardens, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, in front of 10,000 fans, sees leaping Lanny Poffo over Johnny K9. Sika defeating Brad Rangan's Hillbilly Jim over Iron Mike Sharp. The New Dream Team scoring a win over the Rougeau brothers. Can Am Connection over the team of Dom Morocco and Cowboy Bob Orton. Zinc pinning Orton with a sunset flip from the apron. But after the bout, Morocco and Orton argued. and But finally, cooler heads prevailed. The two men hugging it out, raising each other's hands. More to come between Orton and Morocco, that's for sure. Also on the card, Ken Patera out. And I'll explain that in just a minute here. But his substitution, living legend, Bruno San Martino, pinning the natural Butch Reed. Bobby Heenan in his corner. Remember, Heenan's feuding with Patera and last show, Heenan vowing to back the natural here this week instead of slick. But it is Bruno San Martino over Butch Reed in just about six minutes with an inside cradle. Now, again, it was supposed to be Kim Patera, not Bruno in this match, but the Canadian government won't allow Patera into the country just yet. Although on the mic, Patera's problems crossing the border into Canada are going to be explained, blaming Bobby the Brain Heenan. Going to get heel heat out of it if you can. Also on the card, WWF champion Hulk Hogan pinning the King Harley race in yet another Texas death match. As we move on to the Celland Arena, Fresno, California, June the 8th. For the 3,500 fans, it's Rick Rude. Over Dusty Wolf, Scott Casey pinning Jose Estrada. Brutus Beefcake still defeating his former manager, Johnny V. Women's champion Moolah over Debbie Combs. Frenchie Martin defeating C.V. Demolition scoring a win over the Killer Bees. Ken Patera defeating Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff back in business here. Remember, I talked about the King having some knee issues taking a few days off here on the West Coast Tour. Paul Orndorff brought back to sub in for Harley Race here. So it's Patera. Defeating Mister Wonderful on a DQ after interference from Hercules, and in the main event, it is the Mighty Hercules over the still IC champion Ricky Steamboat on a countout. As we move on to East Rutherford, New Jersey, and the Meadowlands on June the eighth, four thousand fans here to see Coco Beware when a fifty thousand dollar twenty man come as you are battle royal, when Morocco accidentally dropkicks partner Bob Orton over the top rope, where then eliminating Morocco to score the win there in that big battle royal. Now, on the card, dangerous Danny Davis over George Steele on a count-out. Butch Reed defeating outback Jack Killer Khan over Corporal Kirchner. It's the Can-Am connection, defeating the team of Bob Orton and Morocco. Remember, they had the issues earlier in that battle royal? Well, here again, Orton accidentally kneeing Morocco, causing him to get pinned here in this match against the Can-Ams. And then after the match, Morocco and Orton fight each other all the way back to the dressing room. So there's certainly issues here. In the Fuji Camp, also on the card, Coco, a double winner here tonight, winning the Battle Royal, and again here, scoring a win over Iron Mike Sharp. Also on the card, one-man gang over SD Jones. The Islanders defeating the team of Tito Santana and Pedro Morales, and the outlaw Ron Bass defeating Leaping Lanny Pafo. Kind of an odd card there for the Meadowlands. Then we go back to the West Coast, San Francisco at the Cow Palace. For June the 9th, in front of only 2,390 fans, it's the smallest crowd since the WWF has come to the Bay Area. And we'll have to see if the card reflects that here. It's C.B. over Frenchie Martin. Scott Casey defeating Jose Estrada. Beefcake still over Johnny V. Women's champion Mula over Debbie Combs. Rick Rude defeating Dusty Wolf. The Demolition again over the Killer Bees, Hercules scoring a win over Ken Patera. And then the main event, sounds fun anyway, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff defeating the Intercontinental Champion Ricky Steamboat albeit on a countout, out And we'll see the same card again on June the 10th in Los Angeles at the Sports Arena in front of only 3,500 fans. And after looking at the card outside of that Steamboat and Orndorff match, which is actually announced as Steamboat and the King Harley Race, but remember, Harley Race taking a few days off, it's no wonder they're only drawing around 3,000 fans here for these cards. So we move from the West Coast to the East Coast, the Southeast Coast, in Miami, Florida at the Night Center. On June the 11th, Jerry Allen over Iron Mike Sharp. The Islanders defeating Lanny Poffo and S.D. Jones. Ron Bass scoring a pin over Hillbilly Jim. The Can-Am Connection defeating the team of Morocco and Orton George. The Animal Steel over the natural Butch Reed. Dangerous Danny Davis defeating Coco Beware. And in the main event, it's Macho Man Randy Savage. Still heel, Macho Man scoring a win over the Honky Talk Man. That had to be a fun one. We were also scheduled for action on June the 12th at the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri. but the card had to be canceled due to poor advance on ticket sales. Makes you wonder how many tickets were sold before they had to cancel the card there on June the 12th in Kansas City. However, a show does take place on June the 12th in West Palm Beach, Florida at the auditorium in front of 5,831 fans. SD Jones over Iron Mike Sharp. The Islanders defeating Lanny Poffo and Jerry Allen. Dangerous Danny Davis defeating George the Animal Steel on a countout yet again. The Can-Ams. Continue to defeat the team of Don Morocco and Bob Orton. WrestleMania three Revenge? Nope. can has got to pick up the win again there. Outlaw Ron Bass defeating Hillbilly Jim. Coco Beware over the natural Butch Reed on a DQ. And in the main event yet again, it is heel versus heel. As the Macho Man Randy Savage pins the soon-to-be-announced Intercontinental Champion, Honky Tonk Man. As we're off to Providence, Rhode Island and the Civic Center for June the 13th. Just 2,218 fans here see SD Jones over the Red Demon, the Islanders over the team of Roma and Powers, Ken Patera defeating Hercules on a count-out. Also, Canam Connection continue to defeat Morocco and Orton, and this is one of those matches where Morocco and Orton split up afterwards, brawling all the way to the locker room after the bout. Also on the card, six-man elimination match. Sees the team of the Rujos and Brutus Beefcake defeat the new Dream Team and Luscious Johnny V. Also on the card, Iron Mike Sharp pins Outback Jack, so... That's where we are with Outback Jack at this point. And in the main event, it's Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff defeating the Junkyard Dog with his feet on the ropes. Paul Orndorff and JYD, you have to imagine, neither man was uh, originally announced for this card, so almost an impromptu main event here. Orndorff scoring the win over JYD as we move on. Also June 13th, 5,300 fans here in the Kiel Auditorium. St. Louis, Missouri, it's Frenchie Martin over C.B. Billy Jack Haynes pins the natural butchery with a backslide. Ravishing Rick Roode over Dusty Wolf, Women's Champion Moola defeats Debbie Combs. Hillbilly Jim in here to sub for the injured Jake the Snake Roberts. Won't have to say that too much longer. Hillbilly Jim scoring a pinfall win over the Hockey Talk Man and thank God that Superstars doesn't air until June 14th in the St. Louis market. Sunday morning, here it is June the 13th, Superstars airing in some markets. Hockey Talk Man, technically the brand new IC champion but not yet here in St. Louis thank goodness here. One final night not being announced as IC champion. And the honky-tonk man does a pinfall job to Hillbilly Jim, but I'm sure he didn't care. He was getting the Intercontinental title after today. Also here at the Kiel Auditorium, Scott Casey over Jose Estrada. George the Animal Steel defeating Danny Davis on a count-out. Demolition continue to defeat the Killer Bees. And in the main event, Harley Race back on the road. It's WWF champion Hulk Hogan pinning the king, Harley Race as we move on to the world's most famous arena. June the 14th, Madison Square Garden, New York City, New York, in front of 14,246 fans. Sounds like a lot of people, but Demelt says, I believe this is the smallest crowd for an MSG show that Hulk Hogan has been on since he arrived here back in 1984, and probably the smallest crowd for a WWF title match at Madison Square Garden since Bob Backlund's feud with Jimmy Snuka Back in 1982. Wow, Snook and Backlund low drawing. I, I do remember hearing that before, which is just blows my mind. But things slowing down here as we head into the summer, and we fall out of WrestleMania three. It may also be the opponent. No knock on Harley Race, but it is what it is here. The lowest drawing MSG card for Hulk Hogan since his return three and a half years ago. Now this show is televised on the MSG network, including Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary. As we kick things off hot, it's Can-Am Connection. Rick Martell and Tom Zink defeating the Shadows here. Match does go a little long, almost 20 minutes to get the crowd into their seats. But we also get a special treat. Bobby the Brain Heenan joins commentary for this match. Of course, Heenan now with the Islanders, who will be feuding with the Can-Ams. And following the matchup, Heenan leaves the commentary table confronting the Can-Am Connection, saying that they wouldn't have won the match here tonight if they had wrestled the Islanders. Then it's Rick Martell's turn on the mic. He tells Heenan to bring the Islanders out here right now. And we do see the Islanders try to make their way out, but they're held back by officials. And once the Islanders team taken back to the locker room, Martell asks Bobby Heenan to get a contract signed with the Islanders. They'll face him here tonight. They'll face him next month. They'll face him anytime. And we'll have more on this later in the show. Fun way to kick things off here. An MSG, also on the card, Hercules battling Billy Jack Haynes to a 20-minute time limit draw. Now, you know, they usually shave a few minutes off the match, but in this instance, they add a few minutes. Yes, a 20-minute time limit draw goes about 23 minutes here. Unfortunately, it's Hercules and Billy Jack Haynes. Love those guys, but I don't know if they're 23-minute men, especially against each other. Also on the card, it's the Islanders with Bobby Heenan in their corner defeating the team of Powers and Roma. Another 20-minute match. Lots of long matches here tonight. Paul Orndorf back in the garden, defeating the Junkyard Dog, clean dropping the dog throat first across the top rope and scoring a clean pinfall in the middle of the ring. Now to Meltzer with a couple of comments on this matchup here between Mr. Wonderful and JYD. He says, obviously, junk food. Come on, Dave. He says the JYD is now just a guy on the payroll and his days of being the big name are over here, it would appear. Since his return to Titan. Also, the imbalance of Orndorff's arms, one is three times the size of the other, says Meltzer, is astounding. Meltzer speculates that Orndorff's weak arm has got to be almost useless at this point. Of course, referencing the injury and the atrophy that has happened to Paul Orndorff's arm and his time away from the company here. And we saw them go one-on-one last month here in MSG. It's the return match. Texas death match, no holds barred, no rules here. The rematch, it's Hulk Hogan, WWF champion Hulk Hogan, scheduled to take on the King Harley Race yet again. But before we get to the action, let's go backstage. Gorilla Monsoon standing by with the Hulkster.
8: Gorilla Monsoon here in the garden with the Rorton snoring, world's heavyweight champion, the most, I don't know, uh, Hulk... This guy really pushed you to the limit.
1: Well, you know, there are all no flaws, Gorilla Monsoon. No flaws at all, man. WrestleMania at my feet. Andre the Giant out of the picture, man. I set my standards so high. Bobby the Weasel couldn't even comprehend a man. Religion, family, the training, the title, the prayers, brother. And with no flaws, that gave me total control, man, over what I say, over what I do, over what I think, and over what I do when I manipulate my opponents. Oh, yeah, it was a cheap shot in Madison Square Garden. I got crowned all right but it was from behind Gorilla Monsoon. And you know, a lot of people actually think I was crazy when I said, if I can't beat Harley Race in a match with no rules, no holds, I don't even care if there was a referee, then I'd quit professional wrestling.
8: What did you think about that statement? I thought it was a very, very profound statement and I knew where it came from. It came from the heart because you have a score to settle with this guy that is paramount.
1: Well, you know, you're right, Monsoon. The big gorilla's always right, man. When people mess with your family, with your friends, Sometimes you make on-the-spot decision reactions. Some people end up locked up for a long time because they overreact. I stand behind my statement. If I can't beat Harley Race in this Texas death match, I'll take the world heavyweight title and I'll walk out of town, man. I'll quit professional wrestling. But the way things are going around here, with all my Hulkamaniacs in Madison Square Garden, they have kind of granted me immunity from prosecution, like the weasel says. We can use chairs, tables, no count outs, no disqualifications. That gives me a free hand to do whatever it takes to take care of the king and the weasel. And if I get it my way,
8: I just hope that big crown fits my fat head. I love it. The rules are there are no rules.
2: We'll be right back. All right. And you guys got to see this to really appreciate it or, or depreciate it. Hulk Hogan clearly standing on something because he's almost a head taller than Gorilla Monsoon, who in real life is probably just about Hulkster's size. But it's really funny there. Hulk Hogan, though, gunning for the King Harley race. Let's see how the match plays out here. Remember, no holds barred, no rules. Texas death match. Hulk Hogan retains his WWF title, once again pinning the King Harley race. Bobby Heenan in his corner here. Race once again accidentally delivering that diving headbutt onto the WWF title belt before Hogan blasting him with the belt. Same finish every night between these two. Hogan going to retain the title yet again. And remember, the Hulkster had vowed, should he lose this match, he would retire from professional wrestling. So aren't we lucky? Hulk Hogan scoring the win here tonight over the King Harley Race. As we move on, more action upcoming. It's Outback Jack scheduled to take on Jose Estrada. But first, it's backstage yet again. This time, Gorilla Monsoon going to conduct an interview with Outback.
8: Gorilla Monsoon here in the locker room area in Madison Square Garden with... uh possibly one of the greatest things to come down to pike here in a world wrestling federation in quite some time talking about outback jack and also joining us of course his lordship alfred hayes outback you've got a real tough customer tonight and one jose estrada yeah mate he's um from puerto rico they're pretty yes, tough place down there i've oh. heard about that uh mate the second tough on. just to survive there
0: well, yeah, they tell me that it's a really wild little spot, full of uh, jungles, and that's so how I'm full of from jungles up there in Australia, in the like the wetlands and that. And he's pretty much the same, so we might have a pretty good solid tussle.
8: Well, uh, it, it could be very possible. Jose Estrada has been all over the world as a professional wrestler, has some outstanding <laughs> credibilities uh, on his record, some outstanding wins over some very big names in the world of professional wrestling. He would like nothing better than to stop you dead in your tracks right here in Madison Square Garden, well, mate. That's what everybody wants to do, you know. I mean, new bloke on the block, they want to knock him down. Tall poppy syndrome. See, I've got the pleasure of coming back to Madison Square Garden the second time. I was lucky last time having a bit of a win, and I reckon I might go close this night too. Well, you, I didn't, I didn't think you were lucky last time. I thought uh, you did a very nice job, and it was a very forceful win. Alfred, you were there.
9: Yes, he's very modest. Yes, <laughs> he comes from a big island. Estralla comes from a small island, but his modesty is uh, overwhelming almost. He did an excellent job so far, he's completely undefeated. But Estrada, as you said before, never underestimate this man because he is so powerful, so strong, yeah. and very, very quick.
8: Yes, speed is one of his biggest assets, and I think that uh, may present a problem to you. He's going to be moving around you and around you and through your legs and all over the place. you got to catch up to him. Mate, he's got to stop somewhere along the way, hasn't he? And then when he does, <laughs> a Mack truck will run straight over the top of him. Like, well, I, I sort of like the uh, what would you call it? The boomerang? The boomerang, mate, yeah. The boomerang. You
0: throw that out so it goes around and will just follow him and smack him in the back smack of the head. No the worries.
8: back. Jack looking for another impressive victory here in Madison Square Garden. Unfortunately, the opposition, Jose Estrada, a very tough individual.
2: And it'll appear that the luck of the gorilla will rub off here on Outback Jack, picks up the win over Jose Estrada with that bulldog boomerang type move here in under five minutes time. And before we move on with the show, joining Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes ringside, it's former Padre and current Yankee, current as in 1987, Dave Winfield at ringside going to talk a little bit about the matches
8: welcome back to Madison Square Garden Gorilla Monsoon here at ringside along with his lordship Alfred Hayes and a special guest
10: Dave Winfield glad to be here Gorilla and Lord Alfred
8: you know I know you're always here in the garden when the World Wrestling Federation comes down but I understand that You're considering, if not issuing some challenges, that if things don't go
10: too well on the ball field, you may want to come to the broadcast position. I'll tell you what. We're three games back, and we don't like it. I know We don't like it. We got about 60% of the season to go, and we intend to take over. They're
8: not holding you directly responsible.
10: No, no, no. You know, but we've been playing. It's been tough, but we're... uh it's been a little tough for us. We got some injuries, but we came out here. We made bail today and figured we'd <laughs> enjoy ourselves down at the Garden. Maybe, maybe we could get the Hulkster into the lineup somehow. Well, I think we're going to get some uh, excitement whether he's on the team or not. Oh, but, I'm sure. I'm uh, we're sure glad you to will. be
8: here. Uh, you guys won't be three games out for long. I, no, I don't think so. I don't think Listen, so. Uh, is there any truth to the rumor that uh, you're considering a broadcasting position uh, when your career is over?
10: Oh, my career is over six to ten years. I still. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I but I, I'll tell you, I watch this every every time I can at home after our game's over. I'm always watching the World Federation, World Wrestling Federation, great. and I love it. It's great. great.
8: Well, we appreciate you stopping down and having a few words with us. And continued success in your career, and you do one tremendous job. Baby. My pleasure,
10: Gorilla Lord Alfred. Let's enjoy the next match. Great.
2: And Winfield, 1987 Gold Glove Award winner, and wishful thinking by Winfield. But the Yankees, they don't make the playoffs in '87. They actually fall to fourth place in the AL East. But something tells me those Yankees, they'll bounce back. Winfield, though, seems to know his 80s wrestling. That's for sure. And As we close out the MSG card, it's six-man tag team action. We're slated to see the team of the Hart Foundation team up with Dangerous Danny Davis to take on the trio of the British Bulldogs and Coco Beware. I'll have more on that in just a minute, but first, let's go backstage yet again. It's Gorilla and Alfred Hayes standing by with the Hart Foundation and Dangerous Danny.
8: Rilla Monsoon once again in the locker room area with the Hart Foundation minus the Colonel. Dangerous Danny Davis. The Colonel had other obligations with uh,
1: the new Continental Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> He's taking care of business back at the Foundation if you That's must right. know.
8: Well, don't, don't you think that this is important, Alfred? I think that the consequences of this match, they against... Coco Beware and the British Bulldogs is not a match of any consequence. That he should not be here.
9: I think that's a great match. You know, the point about this match is that Davis is going to be some sort of a diversion, and they think the hearts are going to really uh, are really going to profit by this, but in fact they're not, because they're gonna have their work cut out looking after him. In the meantime, I think the British Bulldogs will clean up another the All I know,
1: all I know is that Bulldogs and birds, Hitman, do they actually get along? They don't jive together. Well, you know, we know that Tito Santana didn't get the job done when he joined the Bulldogs in WrestleMania (laughs) three. So now they're looking for a bird. Do birds and dogs get along, (laughs) Hitman? Listen, <laughs> listen, It's a fact that birds and dogs don't jive. You know what I mean? So Coco behaves. That's what he's going to be. Coco, Coco be behaves. And the British bulldogs. That's, that's, let,
8: let me let me just pose this to you. Let's be realistic. Right. Paul. You, you were very happy with what His Lordship had to say, but. In literal translation, he, this man is excess baggage, is what he was trying to say.
1: Hey, listen, what? nobody's got to look out for dangerous Danny Davis. I was trained by these two men. These two men are the champions. Don't you think we know what we're doing? Ob- obviously, <laughs> excess you Excess baggage. Did we look like excess baggage in WrestleMania three. <laughs> no, baby. This baby was first class all the way. And we're lucky. <laughs> Luck. Luck. Call it as you wish. Call it as you want. Sour grapes. <laughs> I think it's sour grapes sour grapes this man is a lethal weapon everyone saw what this man did to tito santana tito. and now coco beware stuck his nose where it doesn't belong and the obviously Heart very
8: confident the Hart foundation will just wait and see we have all the tools
2: all right no jimmy hart here tonight obviously out with the honky tonk man on the house show somewhere else and the hearts do reference coco beware being part of this matchup you have to think this was taped earlier today So I'm not really sure what happens with the Birdman here. I don't know if he doesn't make the flight. I don't really, isn't that ironic, the Birdman not making the flight? I don't really know what was going on here. But Coco is a no-show, and he's substituted out by Billy Jack Haynes. And it is the team of Billy Jack Haynes and the British Bulldog defeating Danny Davis and tag team champion Hart Foundation in about 18 minutes. Davy Boy Smith pressing the dynamite kid up in the air and dropping him on top of the hitman with a diving headbutt. The Bulldogs going to score the win for their team. And as we close out the garden, here it is, signed, sealed, and delivered for July the 25th. The WWF is going to be back at MSG, and it is confirmed the Can-Am Connection will take on the Islanders, at least at this point. As we go backstage, Lord Alfred Hayes standing by. We're going to hear from the Can-Am Connection. Right now, folks, let's go back into the
8: locker room area to my colleague, Lord Alfred Hayes, who's with the Can-Am Connection.
9: Lord Alfred Hayes here in the locker room area. With Rick Martell and Tom Zink, these people have a lot on their mind.
5: Yes, we do. You know, and we're happy. You see smiles on our face right now because finally it is signed, sealed, and delivered, the Can-Am Connection against the Islanders. It's signed. The contract is signed. And July 25th is the day right here in Madison Square Garden in New York. You know, we feel great. And, you know, Bobby Heenan is going around saying that the Islanders, you know, they want us. They want the Can-Am Connection real bad. Well, I've got news for Bobby Heenan, the Can-Am connection. We want the Islanders a lot more than they do, because after what happened, what occurred in the televised match you know a few weeks back, we trusted these guys, we respected them. And what happened? They jumped us from behind, yes. With the help of Bobby Heenan, they jumped us from behind. And now they're trying to use us as a stepping stone in the tag team situation right here in WF, but it's not going to happen, and they're not going to get away with it. And July 25th, we're going to find out who's the better team, right? That's right. You know, when you think of the South Pacific, that's where you guys come from, the islands. You think of happy, friendly, smiling faces. But you two guys are the biggest disgrace of the islands that I can think of. And all the people, you disgraced your people. You lost respect of us. We thought you were great athletes, great people in and out of the ring. But believe me, you're wrong. And to hook up with a guy like the Weasel, he's only going to bring you down. And the Can-Am connection here in Madison Square Garden on July 25th, we're going to prove it to you. Isn't that right, partner? Yes. We're going to get our revenge that we duly deserve.
9: This match already set for the 25th of July.
2: Back to you, Gorilla. All right, Zink and Martel sound ready for their big matchup upcoming against the Islanders here in New York next month. That is if Zink can stick around that long. As we move on to WWF in Phoenix, Arizona. Veteran Memorial Coliseum June the 15th in front of 2,400 fans. Women's Tag Team Champions now here. It's Leilani Kai and Judy Martin, not quite yet glamorous are these girls, but it is Kai and Martin defeating the team of Angie Manelli and Teresa Dubose. I don't know if that's supposed to be Dubois, but online it's written as Dubose, and that's what I'm going to go with here, I suppose. Also, Brad Rangans over Frenchie Martin Sika defeating Corporal Kirchner Rick Roode over Scott Casey. The new Dream Team defeating the Rougeau brothers. It's the battle of the former Intercontinental Champions as the Macho Man Randy Savage pins Ricky the Dragon's Steamboat and in the main event, subbing for the injured Jake Roberts Bruno San Martino back at it again here in Phoenix, defeating the brand new WWF Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man, on a count out. Bruno for IC champion here at 87 has my vote. But the honky tonk man will retain on a count out. The WWF in Springfield, Illinois, is at the Prairie Capital Convention Center, June the 15th. Outback Jack over Jose Estrada, Hercules, going over on Billy Jack Haynes on a disqualification. Coco Beware. Defeating Dangerous Danny Davis, it's Powers and Roma subbing for the Midnight Rockers. They were scheduled to begin their run here with the company in the middle of June, but it is Roma and Powers substituting for the Rockers, defeating the team of the Shadows here. In midget tag team action, Little Coco and Karate Chris Duby over Lord Littlebrook and Little Tokyo. And in the main event, WWF Tag Team Champions Heart Foundation over the British Bulldogs in a steel cage. We move on to June the 16th. Albuquerque, New Mexico, at the Tingley Coliseum. 1,705 fans to witness. Brand Rangas over Frenchie Martin. Ladies Tag Team Champions Leilani Kai-Judy Martin over Angie Minnelli and Teresa DuBose. Rick Rude scoring another pinfall over Scott Casey. Sika, the Wild Samoan, over Corporal Kirchner. The Rougeau Brothers defeating the New Dream Team. You see it's going back and forth between these two teams. Also, Bruno San Martino with Jake the Snake Roberts in his corner. Subbing for Jake here is Bruno again defeating the honky Talk man on a count-out when Jake chases honky backstage with Damian. Also on the card, Macho Man Randy Savage defeating Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Fun double main events here. You get Bruno and honky and Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat on these Southwest cards. Now it's reported according to Meltzer that the WWF had told the Tingley Coliseum in Albuquerque that they'd have no problem bringing in Hulk Hogan provided no other wrestling show was in town 30 days prior to the event. And because of that, politics, guys, the Tingly Coliseum canceled Jim Crockett's June 23rd card, Sabotage, I say, which was slated to feature Ric Flair taking on Barry Windham in the main event. So Albuquerque fans screwed out of Flair versus Windham, but they're promised Hulk Hogan, brother. So there it is, Vince McMahon screwing with Crockett, and he isn't done yet because Hogan will also appear taking on the Macho Man Randy Savage on July 4th in Los Angeles and July 5th in Oakland, both of them two days before Jim Crockett's Great American Bash Tour in those markets. Talk about strategic planning here from the WWF, and you can see Hogan and Macho Man on top. It seems like every time they try to invade a new territory or want to screw with Crockett, that's the go-to. The two aren't feuding right now, but we'll do it anyway. Hogan and Savage scheduled in the month of July in L.A. and in Oakland to screw with the Great American Bash Tour. But here, Vince McMahon playing politics in Albuquerque, New Mexico, of all places. And the Coliseum here, unbelievably canceling the NWA from coming to town on June the 23rd. As we continue on, June 17th, Huntsville, Alabama at the Von Braun Civic Center. Outback Jack over Jose Estrada. Roma and Powers still subbing for the Rockers here, defeating the Shadows. It's Danny Davis pinning Coco Beware after blasting him with the foreign object. Little Coco and Karate Chris Duby over Lord Littlebrook and Little Tokyo, Hercules defeating Billy Jack Haynes on a DQ after Haynes throws the referee across the ring. Then after the bout, Hercules and Haynes brawl to the locker room. And in the main event, Tag Team Champion Hart Foundation defeating the British Bulldogs inside a steel cage. As we move on to El Paso, Texas in the Civic Center here on June the 17th. Double main event once again sees Randy Savage over Ricky Steamboat and Bruno Sammartino still subbing for Jake Roberts getting a win here on Countout. Over the IC champion, Honky Tonk Man. And we continue on. Chicago, Illinois back to the Rosemont horizon here on June the 17th, held in conjunction with the summer celebration of 1987 here in Chicago. Now, this is not a wrestling event, though there are a few matches here on this summer celebration inside the Rosemont, including the team of Dusty Wolf and Tommy Sharp teaming up to take on the Alaskans. I'd have to imagine that's Dave Wagner and Rick Renslow also, Leaping Lanny Poffo scheduled take on Iron Mike Sharp. Stevie going one-on-one with Cowboy Bob Orton. Also included a women's match and a midget match, reportedly here on June the 17th in Chicago. Again, this was not a wrestling card, although if it was, I'd shudder to think what they drew with that card. WWF moves on to Wichita Falls in Texas at the auditorium on June the 17th in front of only 600 fans. Hey, you guys are screwing with the Dallas promotion here, the Von Erics. It's Bam Bam Bigelow over Jerry Allen. Tom McGee scoring a win over Terry Gibbs. And he makes his debut here. The Dingo Warrior scoring a win over Steve Lombardi. This is the WWF debut of the Ultimate Warrior. And what a good place to debut him. He's coming fresh off a run here in the Dallas Territory in world-class. Dingo Warrior pinning the future Brooklyn Brawler in his WWF debut on June the 17th. Also on the card. Sam Houston over Tiger Chung Lee, women's champion Moolah over Debbie Combs, the one-man gang pinning Ted DiBiase after a big clothesline, Tito Santana scoring a pinfall victory over Killer Khan, or so it says, and subbing for Hacksaw Duggan, it's the Junkyard Dog over Nikolai Volkoff, And we see the same card again the next night, June the 18th, in Odessa, Texas, at the Ector County Coliseum. The only difference is I have a report here that Killer Khan going over on Tito Santana. Then we move on to Birmingham, Alabama at the Boutwell Auditorium. Also June the 18th, in front of 1,500 fans, it's Bruno San Martino again over the honky-tonk man on count countout, and Randy Savage continues to pin Ricky Steamboat. You may be asking, why is Steamboat doing all these jobs? Well, you have to remember, he's off the road here any day now. So Savage picking up some, I would imagine, decisive victories over the Dragon here as we move on to the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. You can't do that. The WWF does whatever it wants, drawing 5,345 fans. Meltzer states that's roughly the same gate as the Freebirds versus Horsemans did two weeks earlier here. So the WWF drawing essentially what Crockett is drawing only two weeks later. Fans had just attended the Omni two weeks ago. You have to imagine there's a lot of different fans here between the WWF and the NWA. And they all come out to the Omni to see the likes of Sika over Scott Casey, Rick Rude. He was part of the NWA not too long ago. Rude scoring a win over Corporal Kirchner here. Danny Davis over Coco Beware after using a foreign object. Six-man elimination. Sees the Rougeos and Beefcake over the new Dream Team and Johnny V. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff on the card, defeating George the Animal Steel on a disqualification at around the five-minute mark. It's reported that the two men, Orndorff and Steel, never even came to blows in this match, and I believe it. And in the main event, it's WWF champion Hulk Hogan scoring a pinfall victory over the Ugandan headhunter Kamala. And the WWF reportedly returning to the Omni in two months' time, August the 22nd, to see Danny Davis in a rematch with Coco Beware inside a steel cage. And are you ready for this? Mr. T, the enforcing referee for that steel cage match. Sounds all kinds of bad, doesn't it? As we move on to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, now they're really invading Crockett Country. June the 19th, we'll see Outback Jack over Jose Estrada, Tom McGee defeating Steve Lombardi, Jerry Allen over Terry Gibbs, Roma and Power subbing for the Midnight Rockers defeating the team of the Shadows, women's champion Mula over Debbie Combs. We see the tag team of the King Harley Race and Hercules defeating the team of Billy Jack Haynes and Tito Santana, race pinning Santana after Hercules reversing a small package Tito had applied to begin with there. And in the double main event, Macho Man Randy Savage pinning Ricky the Dragon Steamboat using the tights here for leverage. Dragon coming off the top rope with that flying cross body block. Savage rolling over on top, hooking the tights, scoring the win, and I'm sure what was a fun match. Also on the card, Bruno San Martino, no more. Jake the Snake Roberts back in the ring, back in action here, and it's Jake the Snake pinning Intercontinental Champion the Honky Tonk Man. Got to get that revenge from months ago, albeit in a non-title match here. And the Snake used the DDT. We continue on Fort Wayne, Indiana, Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. June the 20th sees Tom McGee over Tiger Chung Lee. Bran Rankins defeating Frenchie Martin. Women's Tag Team Champions Leilani Kai. Judy Martin over Angie Minnelli and Teresa Dubose. Bam Bam Bigelow pinning Leaping Lanny Papo, The Junkyard Dog over Nikolai Volkov. King Kong Bundy back on the road. Scoring a win here over Hillbilly Jim on a disqualification when Little Beaver interfered. So we're at it again. It appears the Little Beaver didn't learn anything from WrestleMania 3, and in the main event, the British Bulldogs, defeating tag team champion Hart Foundation on a countout. As we're off to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and the Spectrum on June the 20th in front of 7,163 fans. And according to the June 10th edition of the Daily Tribune, that's in Royal Oak, Michigan, not really sure where they got this information, a match between Bruno San Martino versus Jesse the Body Ventura was originally planned for this spectrum show, sold as Ventura's farewell matchup. Could you imagine Bruno versus Ventura? Talk about a sellout crowd, standing room only, hanging from the rafters, as Gorilla Monsoon would say. But that match just isn't meant to be. And this card here at the Spectrum, as always, televised on the Prism Network, including Dick Graham on commentary, with Gorilla Monsoon along his side for the first five matches on the card, Craig DeGeorge replacing Gorilla for the remainder of the matches here. At the Spectrum, and on the undercard, it's Jerry Allen over Terry Gibbs. Outback Jack, defeating Jose Estrada, Roma, and Powers, subbing for the Midnight Rockers, scoring a win over the Shadows here. This match actually shown on the Coliseum Video High Flyers. Just think about that. We would have got our first look at the Midnight Rockers here. At the Spectrum, had they not been fired, also on the card, Tito Santana over outlaw Ron Bass on a disqualification after Bass tosses the referee down while being locked into the figure four leg lock bass, seeing nothing else he could do, intentionally getting himself disqualified there, pulling the referee down while being locked in Tito's figure four. Also on the card, Iron Sheik out. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorf in. Orndorf slated to take on Billy Jack Haynes, which should be a fun matchup. But first, we're going to head backstage to Killer Cal Rudman. He's going to be interviewing the returning Mr. Wonderful.
6: Cal Rudman here in the interview area about to interview Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, who tonight faces Billy Jack Haynes. Tough competition.
11: Well, there's no doubt about it. You know, Billy Jack is trying to make a name for himself in the WWF, and what it amounts to is Mr. Dov- Mr. Wonderful is the WWF. So what it is, is kind of like uh, Sugar Ray Leonard coming back to boxing, trying to beat Hagler. The fact of the matter is... That Sugar Ray did beat Hagler, and it's not going to be that way with me. I'm not going to be upset. You know, I'm going to be the type of man that's going to take the fight to him, you know, and that's exactly what I'm going to have to do. I've been watching a lot of the films on Billy Jack, and I I know what he does good, and I know what he does bad, and I'm just going to use my intelligence, my brains, and my wrestling skills just to go out there and just to show the people who the better man is and to go out there to show the people where the competition is.
6: Well, he has a lot of strength, but then again, that is uh, certainly your forte.
11: Well, that's that's true. You know, I I've been working out. I'm sure a lot longer than he has, and I know how to uh, to pick up uh, five, six hundred pounds in a deadlift, squat seven, eight hundred pounds, bench press five hundred pounds. So that's nothing new to me. What it all boils down to is not how strong you are. When when you come to two teams or, or say football teams, are they're both equally as far as strength? Then it's whatever team makes a fewer mistakes and who is a smarter person. And that's what this is going to come out to be: is who is the smarter person tonight. And I obviously got the edge on that by hands and feet. I wouldn't question that. Uh,
6: now, you didn't get that wonderful body by accident. I understand when no, you were good. just a adolescent boy,
11: other kids were going to the movies on Friday night and you were working out. That's exactly it, you know. What we have today with you that so many of them, I think they're out not sacrificing as far as going to the gyms and, and going uh, and working out and going to the track and run. and do whatever they do, whatever that sport is, they are not actually doing things to better themselves in that sport. So they want to go out to the uh, pizza place and eat pizza all the time. They want to go out and drink beer, and they're into drugs and all that kind of stuff. You see, i never done none of that. I say no to drugs. I never believed in it. I don't hang around with those people, negative people. I hang around with positive people such as myself. And that's the reason why that I am the best there is and end up in the, uh, the uh, WWF there is today. And that's why I've made the name for myself that I have. It wasn't something that was just handed to me. I worked for it, and I worked for it, like you said, since, since I was small. Whatever it may be, whether it was baseball, football, basketball, I always excelled in it. I always sacrificed myself. And there was many times that I'd go to bed at 5 or 6 o'clock in the afternoon not going out and hanging out with all my buddies. You're quite eloquent,
6: in addition to being a great, great wrestler. Good looking, too, Oh, yeah. We'll be right back. You're good looking. You got that right.
2: All right, and Paul Orndorff having some fun there with Killer Cal. Let's see if Orndorff can have some fun in the ring here. It is Mr. Wonderful battling Billy Jack Haynes to a time limit draw. Match goes about 21 minutes here. The bell rings just as Billy Jack Haynes locks in his patented full Nelson on Mr. Wonderful. So saved by the bell was Orndorff here tonight. As we move on with the show, ladies champion Mula also in town to take on Debbie Combs. We're going to head backstage yet again. Cal Rudman standing by with the women's Champion.
6: Killer Cal Rudman here, and we're about to interview the fabulous Mula, the champion of the ladies. Hello, Mula. Hi,
3: Killer. How are you?
6: Uh, I just love those glasses well, and earrings you. and uh, necklace. It's, thank you uh, very much. Stands for money, right? That's Mula.
3: right, Mula. <laughs> okay.
6: How would you compare the money you made today to back when you started?
3: Well, there's no comparison. Uh, right now, uh, wrestling is at its peak, and I think it's going to stay that way as long as we have promoters like Vince McMahon and Titan Sports to push this wrestling like they've been doing and all the great wrestlers that they have that's in now in this territory, and, and it's, just, it's just great.
6: Now, this uh, lady, Coombs, that you're wrestling tonight, how good is she?
3: Debbie Combs. Well, she's a tough little girl. Well, I can't say little because she's a lot bigger than me. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm ready, willing, and able. I've been working out hard for this match, and I'm ready to go. How
6: would you first get into professional Mm -hmm. wrestling?
3: Now, that's a long story. Uh First, really, I'm the only daughter of a family of 13. I had 12 brothers, all older than me. And I really really had to wrestle from the beginning to take care of myself with 12 brothers, you know. But... uh, I, my mother passed away when I was eight years old and my dad started going well he was a fan wrestling fan at that time so he started taking me to the matches for entertainment because I missed my mom so much so then um, I just got so interested in wrestling and more and more and more so I started wrestling in high school amateur so after I got out of high school, my dad gave me a vacation to South, Johannesburg, South Africa, with my younger brother, who was in boxing at that time, amateur boxing. So I went over there and I met the promoter, Tiger Simpson. Now he talked and tried to talk me out of wrestling. I begged him, please let me wrestle. He said, why? I said, I want to wrestle for the money. So I was small at that time. So the time went on. So finally he gave me a chance at wrestling. So he said, why do you want to wrestle? I said for money. He said, well, we're going to change your name from Lillian Ellison to Moolah. So I carried the name Moolah for a while. Then I met up with the guy named Elephant Boy because I was too, really too small at that time to wrestle because it was all big girls at that time. So I got with the Elephant Boy and I started. I became his manager for a while and then I started gaining weight and working out more and more. And he helped me lifting weights and stuff. So finally, I got into professional wrestling. And two years from then, I won the world championship in Baltimore, Maryland.
6: Oh, incredible! Okay, we'll see what you do tonight. And we'll be right back.
3: All right,
2: Moolah trying to tell her life story there, just couldn't get it all in. Cal had to cut her off as we head back to the ring to see the women's champion, the fabulous Moolah, scoring a win over Debbie Combs here and also on the card on his way out. And I never understood this back then, but it all makes sense now. Kamala pinning Ricky the Dragon Steamboat here in the spectrum. The first time I saw this matchup, I think it was on a Coliseum video if I'm not mistaken, but the first time I saw this, I was absolutely, my my mind was blown. Kamala pinned Ricky Steamboat, not because Kamala scored the win so much as Ricky Steamboat doing a, a clean job to a degree here. Kamala landing the big splash made for a fun match. Also here at the Spectrum, tag team action featuring Hulk Hogan. Remember he had initially promised a mystery partner here. Well, it is the Olympic strongman, Kim Patera. Hulkster and Patera standing by, talking about their upcoming matchup with Hercules and the King Harley race.
6: Killer Cow Rudman here, interview area, King Harley Race, and Hercules, that's the opposition. And uh, meeting them is what you see right in front of you. Well, you know, Killer Cow, usually you're pretty cool about things,
1: man. Been a while since we talked. But I can understand right off the bat wanting to get the holster fired up, talking about the King Harley Race and Hercules, man. Because we've been in the room together for a few minutes. I've been watching you with the makeup on your face, getting the hair all prim and proper, and you just couldn't believe how cool I was, man. Usually when I come to Philadelphia Spectrum, I'm out of my mind. But I got me a big horse right here to pull the load, brother. Everybody knows about Ken Patera. Everybody knows what he did to the weasel. And I actually feel sorry for Hercules in the King Harley race. Because this is Philadelphia's real favorite son. This is the strongest man in the world, and for two long years, I've seen signs out there that say, we love Ken Patera. Ken Patera, come home. Well, I'm proud to say Ken Patera is my partner. I'm proud to say that I believe in what Ken Patera stands for, and I'm not even breaking a sweat out here. Hosters as cool as a cucumber, man, because Hercules, the King Harley race. And more than anybody, the weasel is going to have to feel the power of the strongest man in the world. And it's nice to make a heck of a payday and not have to do much. Because when this big man's around, he takes care of business killers. I know that. You know, the weasel's family has come a little too far. There's a conspiracy here that's completely out of hand, weasel. And now you have your henchmen, your thugs. Well, I'm glad to have the honkster on my side just to watch my back. And like he says, I'll pull the load because my time is now, baby. And I'm going to tell you something, Weasel. Your men don't have enough weapons in their arsenal to take care of the two of us. And just like when you said that you uh, were going to give me a belt, and so you started whipping me with that strap and it got hung up around your neck. And when I whipped you across the ring, and jerked the back. I wanted to decapitate you, but I did hear your neck go snap, crackle, and pop. And now you got a little ring around the collar. A little ring around the collar. And the king, Harley Race, and Hercules, maybe you two will have a little ring around the collar before the night's over. <laughs> well, you know, kill a Cow, I don't have to worry about the world's heavyweight title, man. That's going to sit in the dressing room tonight. The only thing I got to worry about is the strongest man in the world how he's going to dispose of Hercules and the King. You know, I kind of want you to keep him in the ring for a while, man. I don't want you to let him off easy. But whatever we do, Ken Patera, I promise you, one way or the other, we'll trick that weasel to get in the ring. And everything he's done to you, the way he set you up, the way he tried to get you out of professional wrestling, will all be taken care of in the Philadelphia spectrum. And I sure hope that Killer Cow here doesn't jump sides, man, because, you know, this guy here still holds the record for the most weight pressed over his head, and he could take Hercules, the King Harley race, that no-good weasel, and if you jump sides, he could stack you up and throw you all the way to the roof of the spectrum. But Ken Patera is a true American brother. Philadelphia loves this man, and I'm just glad to be associated with him.
6: You're going to see it when we come right back.
2: All right, and Killer Cal didn't sound so enthusiastic there. Hogan having a little fun with him to get things going, but here we go with the action. It is WWF champion Hulk Hogan and Ken Patera defeating the team of Heenan family members, King Harley Race and Hercules. Hogan of scored scoring the pin over Harley Race here after a double clothesline from the Hulkster and Patera. This match out there as part of the Ken Patera story on Coliseum Video. As we move on to South Bend, Indiana, and the Joyce Athletic and Convocation Center, June the 21st, in front of 3,836 fans, midget tag team action to kick things off, karate Chris Duby, and Little Coco over the team of Lord Littlebrook and Cowboy Lang. Tom McGee scoring a win over Tiger chung Lee. Brad Rangins over Frenchie Martin, Bam Bam Bigelow defeats leaping Lanny Poffo. the Junkyard Dog over Nikolai Volkov, and then we have a couple of WWF title matches lined up. First, it's going to be the Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation. Taking on the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith, and the Dynamite Kid. Let's hear from the challengers.
0: All right, gang! World Wrestling Federation back here in South Bend at Notre Dame, ACC Sunday night, June the twenty-first. What a card! Now, in a return title defense for the Heart Foundation, it's going to be the British Bulldogs as challengers. This time, gentlemen, though, I think a little a little added twist here that makes this even more intriguing. The fact that in this return title defense for the Hearts one fall if the hearts get disqualified they lose the title in this no disqualification bout. that's very interesting
1: you know what mean gene all the people saw last time in south bend indiana when we the Hard foundation on a sad night men event that they got disqualified and we got the first fall and then we got the second and winning fall and we thought we'd won the belts mean gene but the belts got taken away but no, the Hart Foundation, if you get disqualified, the Bell Squad writes the British Bulldogs where they rightfully belong.
5: And let me tell you something, Hart Foundation.
1: Matilda here, well, that was just a sample of what you saw on the Saturday Nightmare event when she went after your manager, Jimmy the Murthus Hart. That was just a sample. Next time, Jimmy Hart, it won't be the knees. It's going to be a lot higher. So my, my words, Jimmy, you keep your eyes on Matilda. If I was you, I'd stay back there in the dressing room somewhere where you belong.
0: Doing needlepoint or something. Anyway, here at Notre Dame at the ACC, dynamite, Yet I think, I think the big, the big thing we should underline, if the Hearts get disqualified, they lose the title. They can't run away from this kind of a match.
1: You know something mean, Gene? The last time we was there, they got disqualified on purpose. They knew what they was doing. Although we got the fall because they got disqualified. Then we got another fall. That was two straight falls. We won, but we didn't get the bells. But let me tell you something, Foundation, this time, if you get disqualified on purpose, we get the championship belts around our waist. If you don't get disqualified, it doesn't matter. Because we're going to win that ring anyway and be you with a pinfall, one, two, three, or a submission. It doesn't matter. We're still going to take these belts. It's a one fall. Remember, if you get disqualified, we take the belts. If you run away, we're going to take the belts. It's a championship match. It's on contract. We're ready to go. We're ready to do the damage that's needed. World War III is coming to... South Bend. The British Bulldogs are ready, prepared, and willing to do the damage that's necessary. We are the true champions. We're going to prove it to you, people, right there. All right, Notre Dame and ACC, get
0: ready. Sunday night, June the 21st. Oh, what a card!
2: And the Bulldogs sound ready for action here, but it is the Hart Foundation retaining their titles, defeating Davy Boy and Dynamite Kid, and then in the main event, the brand new Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man, scheduled to take on Jake the Snake Roberts, who is back in action. Let's hear. From Honky Tonk and his manager, the Colonel Jimmy Hart.
0: All right, Gene I'm reminding you, we're going to be back here in South Bend, Notre Dame, ACC, Sunday night, June the twenty-first. Now, here's a return tag team title defense. One fall, no disqualification. The Hart Foundation, Jimmy Hart. I want you to get this straight. To go against the British Bulldogs, if the Hearts get disqualified. They lose the title. You know, this is unbelievable. The
4: British Bulldogs are the biggest crybabies in professional wrestling. Whatever they want, Jack Tunney gives them. Look at this stupid rule. This is the most stupid rule I've ever seen in my life. You know, we can lose the belt on this.
0: You're talking about the Bulldogs being crybabies. Gather yourself up, man. You're a mental shambles. I can't believe it. You're going to be just as sorry as they are when this match is over with. All right. Thank you very much. You can hear the guitar playing, if you want to call it that, in the background. honky talk band here on the 21st at ACC at Notre Dame. It's you and Jake the Snake (laughs) Roberts.
5: just what I wanted just the, pro- the promoters finally give the honky-tonk man something he wanted you see Jake the Snake Roberts destroyed the honky-tonk man's guitar with his head and on national television on WrestleMania Jake the Snake destroyed another one of the honky-tonk man's guitars and I begged and pleaded with the promoters I said please let me do something let me get Jake the Snake And the Colonel Jimmy Hart—he came up with the greatest idea of all time. Saturday Night Live main event: the honky tonk man dressed up like Kimchi. (laughs) Oh, that was—that was and played a tune on Jake the Snake one more time. And I said, "I want you now, Snake. You're gonna have to go out there. You're gonna have to wrestle a honky tonk man." Cause I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm walking the streets of Notre Dame looking for a fight and I still can't find one. And I won't find one with you, Jake the snake on Sunday, June 21st. You
0: better watch out. He is going to unload on you. Hockey talk ACC at Notre Dame Sunday night, June the 21st.
2: And hockey talk sounds ready heading into this one. And it is the IC champion hockey talk man scoring a win over Jake the snake on a disqualification to close out this night here in South Bend. As we move on to Erie, Pennsylvania, Civic Center on June the 22nd, 3,110 fans. See Tom McGee over Tiger Chung Lee. Little Coco and Karate Chris again over Lord Littlebrook and Little Tokyo. Brad Rangans defeating Frenchie Martin, IC champion, Honky Talk Man. Once again, scoring a win over Jake the Stake Roberts on a DQ. Bam Bam Bigelow defeating Leaping Lanny Poffo. Junkyard Dog subbing for Hacksaw Duggan here. It's JYD over Nikolai Volkov. Reportedly, the match goes 10 and a half minutes. JYD versus Nikolai for 10 minutes. No thanks. And in the main event, Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation over the British Bulldogs in a steel cage match. And then it's off to New Haven, Connecticut at the Coliseum. June the 22nd, 3,700 fans see Jerry Allen over Terry Gibbs, Powers and Roma over the Shadows. And also on the card, Dangerous Danny Davis scheduled to take on George the Animal Seal. Remember, it was Davis who caused Steel to match up against the Macho Man Randy Savage at the last Saturday night's main event. Still looking for a little revenge here. Davis trying to prove himself. We're going to hear from both
0: men. All right, stay tuned. We're going to get you back up to more exciting World Wrestling Federation action in just a moment. Fans from parts of New York, Massachusetts, and certainly from the great state of Connecticut, New Haven, at Coliseum. A week from this Monday night, that is June the 22nd, World Wrestling Federation back in New Haven at the Coliseum. Newcomers to the World Wrestling Federation, the Midnight Rockers. And a host of others are going to be here in New Haven on the 22nd of the month. How about this for a great one-on-one matchup? Danny Davis, newest member of the Hart Foundation, goes against my guest at this time. Fans in this area very familiar with George the Animal Steel from Detroit, Michigan. And George, recently on Saturday... What do you have there, George? Do you read quite a bit? What? Keep N-I-On. That's Danny Davis. You'd better keep an eye on him, George. You'd better keep an eye on him.
1: Denny Davis! Bad!
0: He hit you in the head with a bell. Still hurt, George?
1: Ring my bell! Now! Stretch! Stretch!
0: Yes, stretch what?
1: Davis! Davis? Put chair on his
0: head! That's very good, George. I like that. New Haven, stay tuned. We're going to be right. Team Col- all right, get ready. New Haven's Coliseum, Monday night, June the twenty-second. They're going to be coming from all over the great state of Connecticut. Ken Patera, Billy Jack Haynes, as a team, to go against the tandem of Hercules and the King Harley Race. Hercules and Race, both managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan. You know how Kent Patera feels about Bobby the Brain Heenan. You know how Billy Jack feels about, of course. Perkades. Jimmy Bob of the South Heart come on in. Tito Santana to meet the macho man Randy Savage. Coco beware. Squares off in New Haven at the Coliseum on the 22nd against the Iron Sheik. Your newest acquisition, newest member of the Heart Foundation, Dangerous Danny Davis, to be George the Animal Steel. The unpredictable George Steel.
4: You know, this is just great. You know, we have an open contract, right or wrong. Right. We thought we might get a challenge for Coco, where Arturo Tito Santana, but look, it's George animal still. He's wild, he's unpredictable, he's crazy, he throws chairs in the ring, he eats turnbuckles. I
1: don't know if we're ready for George yet.
0: He, he, he just might eat your new man here, dangerous Danny Davis.
1: <sighs> Danny, tell him what you're going to do to him, baby. Tell him. Let me explain something to all you, you especially, and all these people yeah, out enough. here. First of all, I have been trained by the two best wrestlers in the world today. The greatest. Second of all... I was the best referee the WWF had.
0: Oh, that makes a lot of sense.
1: What I, my point is, I'm going to use the rules to my advantage. George Steele, you're, you're strong, you're crazy, you're wild. You could even put me out of wrestling for the rest of my life. But I doubt it, because I'm going to outsmart you. I'm not going to try and out you, just outsmart you.
0: <laughs> you say you were the best referee that this sport the has best. ever seen. The best. Is that why you got a $950,000 home down in Westchester County? I don't think it's of your business. Let no, me your see piece. your knuckles. I think you got them banged up pretty bad knuckles. taking money out of the table. I know what you did in the past. How, How would you, get you like your fill knuckles right in your big this? mouth?
1: How does an to get money in hey, a ring like that?
0: I made some prudent yeah, investments in the did. past. <laughs> they paid off for me. <laughs> you know, Danny Davis, I, I don't think you really can prepare for a match with George the Animal Steel. That's because the man is so totally
1: unpredictable. He's so unpredictable, but as I explained before, You don't beat George Steele with muscle. You beat him with brains. George Steele is just about capable of talking, of speaking.
0: (laughs) He's coming along pretty good.
1: Coming along pretty good. The man's an adult. Don't you think he should have some vocabulary right now? I'm going to beat him by brains and here's my brains <laughs> right behind me and he'll be there along with me you're gonna, gonna be buzz. in the corner you're
0: gonna be in the
4: corner of course I'm, right I'm gonna be in the corner
1: me. I'm his manager on and just remember
4: George when you mess with a bull you just might get the horn <laughs>
0: thank you Boy, I
1: think, uh, what do you what think of pass, that Yo, thank you very much gentlemen on, dangerous
0: Danny Davis to me, George Daddy, the animal it. steal that uh, is just worry. part of the action slated I'm for the New Haven Coliseum please don't talk while I'm trying to get the message across Monday night June the 22nd get your tickets in advance it's going to be a great evening
2: all right and this is how it plays out here tonight in new haven it is dangerous danny davis pinning george the animal steel no doubt some chicanery there likely by manager jimmy hart also on the card we're going to see tag team action involving billy jack haynes and kipatera they're going to take on heenan family members king harley race and the mighty hercules and right now we're going to go and listen to all four men that are involved
0: All right, for you good people throughout the great state of Connecticut, parts of Massachusetts, certainly down in the great state of New York, keep this date in mind. It's Monday, June the 22nd. We're going to be in New Haven at the Coliseum. It's a fantastic facility, and it has been the scene of a number of tremendous World Wrestling Federation events. And we've got a tremendous tag team that's a new addition to the World Wrestling Federation. The Midnight Rockers, they're all going to be here in New Haven at the Coliseum, Monday night, June the 22nd the king of wrestling, Harley Race, if you will. Your Highness, join me. You're going to be teaming up with another Heenan family member, the mighty Hercules, and the two of you to do battle with Billy Jack Haynes, and a man that really has voiced his opinion about Bobby Heenan, Ken Patera, the former Olympic strongman.
1: He voiced an opinion that he should have kept to himself, just like he should have kept his hands to himself when he elected to try to decapitate Bobby the Brain Heenan.
0: Well, now, Heenan asked for that, Harley. I don't... Uh, 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 Your Highness. He asked for that. He provoked that attack.
1: Just like you're trying to stand here and provoke me. No. The same thing with a tie can happen that happened when the jerk put his hands on Heenan, put a belt around his neck, and tried to whip him like you'd take the head off of a snake. Well, let me tell you something, Pantera. All you did was incite a group of individuals that you're not ready to deal with. And Billy Jerk, you and Hercules have got a thing that's been going for a long time. So let's get it all settled right here in New Haven. This bring it all to a head, and we'll pop it. I'll guarantee you this. Pentura, when they unlocked that cell and let you out, was a mistake. On your part, you're going to regret for the longest day that you ever lived that you put your hands on Mr. Heenan. You'll be calling him Mr. Heenan when it's over.
0: All right, I thank you very much, Harley. Appreciate your... What?
1: Your Highness, the King. I've said
0: it all. New Haven, get you ready at the Coliseum. better keep
1: saying it that way.
0: Thank you, Your Highness. That's the 22nd of June. Don't miss it. All right, hi again, everybody. Gene Oakland. I'm reminding you, fans of the great state of Connecticut, get New Haven at the Coliseum Monday night, June the 22nd. The World Wrestling Federation back at that great facility. A couple of new additions, by the way, to the World Wrestling Federation. The Midnight Rockers have signed an open contract for the New Haven Coliseum on Monday night, June the 22nd. Ken Patera, come on, and if you would, strong man Ken Patera, you are back in the World Wrestling Federation in New Haven on the 22nd of June. You're going to be teaming up with Billy Jack Haynes, very strong man, much like you, going up against Hercules and the King Harley Race. Hercules and Race, both members of
1: Bobby Heenan's family. That's right, my old nemesis. I'm going to tell you, Weasel. Let's re- don't refer him as uh, Bobby Heenan, please it's the weasel and the weasel family the two of them are stepping behind their man to defend their man's honor (laughs) well everybody saw what happened last time we were in new haven didn't they hercules i had you squeezed i heard the spine go snap crackle, and pop and the self-proclaimed king of professional wrestling harley race had to jump in the ring and save you well my good friend billy jack haynes just happened to be there and what we do we cleaned house but we left just a little bit left i'm done and that's what we're going to do right now we're going to get the job done by finishing both of you off and i want to see the weasel there I want to see the there. weasel there. I want to see a little ring around the collar is what I want to see. And Harley Race and Hercules, maybe you'll have ring around the collar too.
0: <laughs> All right, it's going to be Ken Patera, Billy Jack Haynes, meeting a couple of members of the week, the Heenan family, Race and Hercules. New Haven, Monday the 22nd. All right, New Haven's Coliseum, a week from this Monday night. That's Monday night, June the 22nd. Also here in New Haven, the Midnight Rockers for the very first time are part of the World Wrestling Federation. Should be a great one. Come on in. Hercules, the King, Harley Race, both members of the Bobby Heenan family. Gentlemen, here in New Haven, at the Coliseum, Monday night, June the 22nd, it's going to be Billy Jack Haynes and Ken Patera. Patera, for the record, Hercules, a former Heenan family member. It's not the case anymore.
1: You know, this is a classic case of biting the hand that feeds you. Ken Patera, you gotta be no good to do something like that. You know what I want you to do, Ken Patera? I want you to sit down and talk to Billy Jack Haynes. Get some of his wisdom. Let him tell you how I beat him at his own game. Now I showed the world that I'm the master of the full Nelson. Let him tell you about the beatings I've given him. Let him tell you how bad he's been hurting. And then you'll know, Ken Patera, that you've made the biggest mistake of your life to step in the ring with the king and the mighty Hercules. You're going to see the family in all its glory in New Haven. You two wolves are going to pay the price. Billy Jack Haynes. it's far from over. Between you and me, Ken Patera's just starting and it's going to end right here.
0: All right, the king, Harley Race, welcome back to New Haven. Yes, you and Hercules to meet Patera
1: and Billy Jack Haynes. Let me tell you something, Pantera. You did the worst evil that any human being could have done to an individual that led you from absolutely in, oh, nothing. Came out of the Olympics with a couple of little old medals. Can you feed your family with medals? You better hope you can. Because after New Haven, Connecticut, medals are the only thing that you're going to have left. Billy Jack Haynes, you're going to be back in those streets of Oregon. You won't be muscling around and punching a, a couple of punk kids anymore. You'll be around with that little tin cup, jingling it around with change in it hoping that people are going to put more because when you step in the ring with the hercules and the king you're going to get taught a wrestling lesson guaranteed fact all
0: right do have to the coliseum monday night june the 22nd the world wrestling federation Coco Beware on the card, the Midnight Rockers and a host of other World Wrestling Federation superstars all in New Haven at the Coliseum Monday night, June the 22nd. Billy Jack Haynes teaming up with Ken Patera. They're going to be going against Hercules and Harley Race, the King. Both of them members of the Bobby
1: Heenan family, Ken Patera. Let me make a correction here. The Weasel family. Well, You call that a family? It's a bunch of hoodlums, a bunch of gangsters, a bunch of goofs. I'm gonna tell you, weasel, I didn't get the job done when I had that strap around your neck, but I did hear your neck go snare, crackle, and pop. Well, it's all gonna start all over again, Hercules and King Harley race. I got a man here that's gonna stand behind me 110%. Unlike you, weasel, when the going got tough, you took a hike, while tough times last. Or don't last, I should say, but tough people do. And here's one of the toughest people in wrestling along with myself. And if you two geeks want to stand behind your weasel and defend his honor, well, just bring it on. All
0: right, tough men do indeed endure, Billy
1: Jack Haynes. Gene, Ken and I have a lot in common. We both paid our dues. The main thing we have in common is the Heenan family. You know, what Hercules done to myself and everybody witnessed in New Haven last time, what happened when Harley Race ran the ring when he had Hercules beat. Now, we don't care. Ken and I don't care if it ends up in downtown New Haven, Connecticut. But June 22nd, bring the ambulance on in because Ken and I are going to
2: destroy the Heenan family, oh, it's brother. It's going to be a war, man. Man.
0: from oh, this Monday night, New Haven's Coliseum. World Wrestling Federation back in movies.
2: <laughs> Alright, a few promos there of the King Harley Race, Ken Patera, Hercules, and then Haynes and Patera together. And when we get to the ring, it is Billy Jack Haynes and Olympic strongman Ken Patera defeating the team of Hercules and Harley Race. Patera scoring the win there over the King. Also on the card, we were slated to see the birdman Coco Beware take on the likes of the Iron Sheik. As you guys know by now no longer with the company, so it's gonna be actually Coco Beware taking on the magnificent Morocco, but that doesn't stop us from playing this soundbite. Here's Coco Beware ready for action.
0: All right, gang, throughout the great state of Connecticut, Gene Okina reminding you we're going to be back in New Haven at the Coliseum Monday night, June the 22nd for a phenomenal, phenomenal World Wrestling Federation card. Here's one I like a lot. Ken Patera teaming up with Billy Jack Haynes, the two of them, to meet members of the Bobby Heenan family, Hercules and the King Harley race. George, George the Take it easy, Frankie. George the Animal Steel to meet Danny Davis. Tito Santana squares off. Against the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Frankie, beware, come on in with Coco. Coco, beware, coming up here on the 22nd in New Haven. None other than the Iron Sheep.
4: Well, you know what they mean, Gene? You see, every time I'm in New Haven, brother, the people, they're getting behind the Birdman. They've been chatting, Bird, Bird, Bird. They've been behind Frankie. They've been behind everybody. They're right there in New Haven, brother. I love coming to New Haven, brother, because it's hot, brother. And when you're hot, you're hot. You can't be stopped. And I'm going to tell you one thing, Mr. RC brother I want you to be in the best shape of your life brother because I know you're so big and I know you're so tall brother I know because you see I'm gonna have to watch you I'm going to have to dodge and duck and I because I might be in serious trouble
0: you, you know this iron cheek is a man that really cannot be trusted His integrity is in in a great deal of question.
4: Well, that's right, Mean Gene. But you see, I understand where the Mr. Sheik is coming from. But usually, you see, he don't understand where the bird comes. Because I love to fly, Mean Gene. I love to move and groove. I love to have a hallelujah time, brother. Because I'm going to come in moving and grooving. So if you want to beat the bird,
0: you're going to have to catch the bird. Isn't that right, Frankie? You know what? I I bet the Iron Sheik breaks out in a cold, cold sweat.
4: That's right. I'm telling you, he's going to break out with a cold sweat right there in New Haven, brother. Because
2: I... Feel
0: good. Come on. New on. Ah, Haven at the see you Monday the 22nd. Thank oh. you too.
2: And with the Iron Sheik out, Coco Beware defeating the magnificent Morocco in his place. And also on the card, main event, interesting one. Macho man Randy Savage scheduled to take on Tito Santana, two former IC champions. In fact, it was Savage defeating Tito back in early 86. Gorilla Monsoon will never let us forget that. But before we get to the action, let's head back. To a promo with Tito Santana.
0: All right, stay tuned. We're going to get you back up into the ring here in just a moment or two for more exciting World Wrestling Federation action. New Haven Coliseum fans throughout Connecticut mark down this date. It is going to be Monday, June the twenty-second, and what a card! And newcomers to the World Wrestling Federation, the Midnight Rockers. Are they exciting? Are they electrifying to be part of this great card? Tito Santana. You know there is an old there is an old battle going on in the ranks of the World Wrestling Federation. Randy Savage. In wrestlemania 3 lost the intercontinental championship but back on february 8th of 1986 he did you in for that very same title in boston massachusetts and now the two of you have an opportunity to meet without a belt on the
1: line that's exactly right and you know uh savage how does it feel not very good does it doesn't feel very good how do you think i felt when the belt was robbed
11: from me savage well this is not a title match this match, there's a lot of pride involved, Gene, and a chance to get back on top of the ladder, Randy
1: Macho Man Savage. And I have seen a lot of champions lose their belts and not be able to come back. And that's exactly what I'm going to try to do, Mean Gene. I'm going to put the boots to Savage and just enjoy
0: watching you. I get the feeling you're going to throw the rule book out the window, Tito. Well, I'm
1: going after him, Gene. You know, uh, Savage put me through a lot of hard times over the last, uh, I would say, 14, 15 months. I'm going to fight fire with fire, Savage. All right. Arriba!
0: New Ham the Coliseum, Monday night, June the 22nd, Tito Santana to meet the Macho Man right here.
2: And Santana sounded ready for this one, but it is the Macho Man scoring the win here in New Haven in the main event over Tito Santana. And we continue on to Indianapolis, Indiana, Market Square Arena, June the 23rd in front of a sellout 10,555 fans all come to see a WWF Superstars taping here I'm going to take a look at some of the happenings going on here in this Superstars taping and according to the Hitman's book his biography it was prior to this taping that the WWF implemented its very first drug testing here and we'll touch on it more upcoming on the July news edition of the grenade but two men are suspended here for testing positive for cocaine that being Jake the Snake Roberts and B. Brian Blair. And I do believe there's a third, though it's not really talked about a whole lot, and we'll touch on that again on the July news edition of The Grenade. But Jake Roberts and Brian Blair, Jake Roberts just gets back into the ring, and he's suspended for failing the drug test. Jake's talked about that before. He felt he was set up, not by the WWF, but by another wrestler or maybe even an agent, someone who convinced him, persuaded him. I don't know that they had to twist his arm, but they talked Jake into doing some cocaine the night before, This taping, and the snake, well, he's suspended, as is Killer B, Brian Blair. Also here in a dark match, ravishing Rick Rude, defeating Jerry Allen, the Dingo Warrior, at his first taping, defeating Jose Estrada with a running clothesline here. this match, you can actually find Dingo Warrior over Jose Estrada on the WWE unreleased DVD set, covering many unreleased matches from 1986 to 1995. Also here on this Superstars taping, it's the Rougeau Brothers and Brutus Beefcake over the team, of johnny v and the new dream team here this six-man tag team match shown on the best of the wwf volume 14 on coliseum video also here in a dark match wwf champion hulk hogan defeating the king harley race and also to air on the july 13th edition of prime time it's the islanders now with manager bobby the brain heenan scoring a victory over jimmy powers and scott casey hey where's paul roma And then airing on an upcoming primetime in August, August the 3rd to be exact, it's Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth visiting the Snake Pit. That should be fun. Then we'll look at just a few of the little headliners here as far as airing on TV. The July 4th edition of Superstars will see Killer Khan in a rematch. Remember the first time he went out here against Outback Jack. The match never got started. Killer Khan attacking Jack, choking him out before the bell. Well, here it is, a rematch here on July the 4th. Killer Khan going to defeat Outback Jack this time after spewing mist in his eyes. Outback Jack just can't get a break here. Also, on the July 11th edition, who has the better body? Butch Reed or Superstar Graham? That feud will begin here in the month of July. Also, Brutus Beefcake going to sit in for some guest commentary during a new Dream Team match. Going to see the barber head to ringside and cut a little snippet of hair off his former partner, Greg the Hammer Valentine. And I found this interesting on the card as well. For July 11th, Junkyard Dog teaming with Hillbilly Jim and Billy Jack Haynes, defeating the team of the outlaw Ron Bass, Don Morocco, and Cowboy Bob Orton on a countout when Morocco and Orton begin arguing and pushing each other outside on the floor. The dissension between Orton and Morocco continues on. Here's a few other notes. These taken by Dave Meltzer here for the June 23rd Superstars taping. His notes are that Chavo Guerrero was there helping with the Spanish broadcast team and the Jumping Bomb Angels from the Japanese women's promotion appeared at a televised match in Louisville here. We're going to talk about that in just a minute, the Wrestling Challenge tapings. Meltzer also stated that there was more heat put on the Morocco-Orton split up, and it's apparent that Morocco will now be the babyface. It's also reported that Ricky the Dragon Steamboat no-showed both TV tapings here on Superstars in the next night at Wrestling Challenge. He was scheduled for dark matches, so it appears he's already on his sabbatical. And of course, as we already talked about, Killer Con now spewing green mist at his opponents here as they try to heat up the character for Hulk Hogan in the months of July and August on the house shows. As we move on to a wrestling challenge taping, Louisville, Kentucky at the Louisville Gardens. Jerry Jarrett couldn't have been happy about that. June the 24th, in a sellout of 5,761 fans, all come to see the Can-Am Connection defeat the Tag Team Champion Hart Foundation on a DQ. World Champion Hulk Hogan teaming with Ken Patera again over Harley Race and Hercules, ravishing Rick Rude, defeating Jerry Allen, the Dingo Warriors scoring a win over a quote-unquote unknown, Bam Bam Bigelow over Iron Mike Sharp, and Bigelow here, as of June the 24th, now working as a babyface. So you see Ricky Steamboat gone, Jake Roberts injured and now suspended, Hacksaw dug and fired from the company, so they begin to make a few moves here. We know Randy Savage is going to go babyface. Well, Bam Bam Bigelow had been groomed as a heel, But now, overnight, becomes a babyface, scoring a win here over Iron Mike Sharp. All of those dark matches. Then from there, we're going to see it on an upcoming primetime. July the 13th, it's IC champion Honky Tonk Man defeating George the Animal Steel on a countout. This was actually scheduled to be Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This was Steamboat's return match with the Honky Tonk Man for the IC title. But instead, remember, Steamboat no-shows, so it's the Honky Tonk Man going over on George the Animal Steel Albeit on a countout, Also, as part of the challenge tapings here, gonna air on primetime for July 20th. The Jumping Bomb Angels have arrived, defeating the women's tag team champions, Judy Martin and Leilani Kai, albeit in a non-title matchup. Jumping Bomb Angels can't wait to see them in action. Then just a few notes for the upcoming wrestling challenge tapings airing on July 5th. Craig the George gonna be interviewing Danny Davis, who seems to be working into a feud with the new special enforcer referee, Mr. T, of all people. And that's all the notes I got coming out of the Wrestling Challenge taping. Again, we'll cover all of that in length when we get to July of 1987 in the WWF. But for now, we're here in June, June 25th, State Fair Coliseum, Jackson, Mississippi, in front of 2086 fans, sees Bam Bam Bigelow over Sam Houston. So Bigelow, still a heel here on the house shows, Bigelow over Houston, and the Killer Bees going solo here tonight as jumping Jim Brunzel scoring a win over Frenchie Martin while B. Brian Blair, the not-yet-suspended Brian Blair, getting a win here over outlaw Ron Bass. It's noted that they did a masked switch here. So maybe the Killer Bees counteracting the branding iron or, or Miss Betsy of Ron Bass. But both Killer Bees successful in singles wins here. And Jackson, Mississippi also on the card. SD Jones pinning Mr. Fuji. Fuji a substitute for the King Harley race. SD Jones over Mr. Fuji. What is this, the 1970s? Also, Macho Man Randy Savage over Billy Jack Haynes. Ted DiBiase scoring a win over the one man gang. Kamala defeating Jake the Snake Roberts on a count-out And WWF Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation over the Can Am Connection in the main event. Then it's off to Long Island, New York in the Nassau Coliseum June the 25th. 3,016 fans to witness CBAFI over Shadow No. 2. Cowboy Bob Orton defeating Leaping Lanny Poffo, the Magnificent Morocco, over Outback Jack. King Kong Bundy defeats Hillbilly Jim, the Junkyard Dog, over the Natural Butch Reed. And it's the Islanders scoring a surprise win over the British Bulldogs here. We'll also see women's tag team champions Leilani Kai, Judy Martin, over the Jumping Bomb Angels, Norio Tateno and Itsuki Yamazaki. Also on the card, Ken Patera looking for revenge against the mighty Hercules. We're going to hear from both sides.
0: All right, hi again, everybody. A little reminder, we're going to be out on Long Island, the Nassau Coliseum, this coming Thursday night with phenomenal, phenomenal World Wrestling Federation action. Out on Long Island on Thursday night, you're going to be seeing Hillbilly Jim square off against King Kong Bundy. By the way, in the corner of the Hillbilly will be the the little shaver, little beaver. Of course, he was in WrestleMania three. British Bulldogs, former tag team champions, to square off against the Islanders, Haku and Tama. And by the way, it should be pointed out, the Islanders are now... Managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan. Chunkyard Dog and the Natural Butch Reed and Hercules, come on in. Out at the Nassau Coliseum on Thursday night, you're going to be going against strongman Kent Patera, who has little or no love for Bobby Heenan and any member of his family
1: well that's too bad lean Jean. that's too bad for you ken patera you know i've been waiting for this one for a long long time there's not one second out of every minute out of every day ken patera that i haven't been thinking about you that i haven't been in that gym training and thinking about you you know you got a lot of medals you're a powerlifting champion you are an olympic champion and you're supposed to be a real tough guy. Well, you know, that don't scare me. Ask Billy Jack Haynes what I do to real tough guys. Ask all the people that were there the last time in the Nassau County Coliseum what I do to tough guys. Ken Patera, you made the biggest mistake of your life when you laid your hands on Bobby Heenan, cause all his pain, all his agony, all his humiliation, it will be nothing compared to The pain and the agony that the mighty Hercules is going to rage on you.
0: Out on Long Island this coming Thursday night. Hold the phone. Tell them I'll be right there and we're going to be right back. All right, folks. We're going to be out on the island, out at the Nassau Coliseum on Thursday night. Boy, I can't believe how much exciting World Wrestling Federation action you're seeing right now in the New York City area. Fans out to the east of us, the British Bulldogs to meet the Islanders. Come on, not the New York Islanders. These are the other Islanders. Ken Patera, Thursday night at the Nassau Coliseum. It's Hercules from the Bobby Heenan clan.
1: You know, I love this. That's why I have a smile on my face. I love the fact that Hercules is one of the weasel family, and he's going to prevent me from going up the ladder in the World Wrestling Federation. Well, I'm going to tell you, Hercules, you say when you need that extra strength that you reach into the heavens and pull it out while you're reaching into a mythical heaven, boy. In other words, your strength is a myth. It is not real. It does not exist. You're looking at the world's strongest wrestler, and I'm going to prove it to you. But just in case that the Thunderbolts do strike out of the heavens, I'll snatch him in either hand and beat you over the head until the Crimson bleeds, and you're laying there, and the referee goes one, two, three. And that's when I'm going to start doing the dirty work. That's when I'm going to start putting black and blue and lump some bumps all over your watermelon head, and then you can crawl back to the weasel.
0: All right, out of Long Island, you and Dale the Nassau County Coliseum this coming Thursday night from top to bottom, it's going to be a phenomenal World Wrestling Federation card.
2: All right, and here in Long Island, it is Kim Patera defeating the mighty one. Hercules doing the job here for the Olympic strongman in Nassau County as we're off to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and the Civic Arena on June the 26th in front of only 3,666 fans, reportedly the lowest drawing card at the Civic Arena here in Pittsburgh in nine years. Nine years, you got to go back to the 1970s. And let's take a look at the card Cowboy Bob Orton over Lanny Poffo, Magnificent Morocco over Outback Jack, Junkyard Dog defeating natural Butch Reed on a DQ, Women's Tag Team Champions, Leilani Kai, Judy Martin over the Jumping Bomb Angels, Kai pinning Tateno following a pile driver in that ladies' tag team matchup. I should say that ladies' tag team title matchup. Also on the card, King Kong Bunny over Hillbilly Jim, Ken Patera again pinning the Mighty Hercules, and in the main event, Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation over the British Bulldogs inside a steel cage. If there's one thing I've noticed, and it really shocks me, these cage matches between the Hearts and the Bulldogs really aren't drawing. Or at least that's the way it seems, but specifically not drawing here in the city of Pittsburgh. And that is why the WWF has pulled out of its dates here in Pittsburgh for both July and August. So the WWF scheduled for shows here in July and August, canceling both events. Hey, you guys don't want to come see the show? We won't bring you a show. The WWF won't return to the city of Pittsburgh until the month of September. And the World Wrestling Federation back for the second time here in June to the Sam Houston Coliseum, Houston, Texas, on June the 26th. Only 4,236 fans, and I don't really blame them after that hot JYD Nikolai Volkov main event last time around. Let's look at the card here tonight. It's the Killer Bees scoring a win it states they, they score a win but nobody seems to know their opponents also on the card billy jack haynes over mr wonderful paul orndorff on a dq mr fuji still subbing for harley ray scoring a win over special delivery jones this time around and this next matchup it's out there guys i'm gonna try to put it up on youtube if they'll let me it's one man gang at outlaw ron bass defeating the tag team of ted dibiase and sam houston remember it was last time around the gang stole the win over DiBiase one-on-one. Houston out to argue the call and then help DiBiase rid the gang from the ring. The gang comes back this time around with outlaw Ron Bass by his side, and they defeat Sam Houston and DiBiase. When Bass pins Sam Houston, listen to this, after Ted DiBiase turned on Houston, turned on his partner, and threw him to the floor. From there, DiBiase on the outside ramming Houston into the ring post, slamming him down on the outside, and then rolling him back inside, feeding him to the Lions. Ted DiBiase leaving ringside, essentially turning heel here in the World Wrestling Federation and just in time for the Million Dollar Man gimmick. So it's gang and bass over DiBiase in Houston in an important part of business because remember, DiBiase came from the UWF in Houston territory, and now they explain away how he turned heel to the local fans before debuting that Million Dollar Man vignette on TV. And again, the match is out there, and I hope to have it up on our YouTube very soon. Also here at the Houston Coliseum, it's the Can-Am Connection over the Islanders, getting a little bit of revenge there. And WWF champion Hulk Hogan comes to town, drawing only 4,000 fans, getting a win here over Kamala in the main event with a big slam and the leg drop. And you guys can actually check this matchup out between the Hulkster and Kamala on Hulk Hogan, the unreleased archives. As we move on to June 27, Joe Louis Arena, Detroit, Michigan. 5,604 fans see Leaping Lanny Poffo over Dusty Wolf. Wolf subbing for Tiger Chung Lee tonight. Special Delivery Jones over Steve Lombardi. Jerry Allen defeating Iron Mike Sharp. The Can-Am Connection defeating the Islanders. Nikolai Volkov pins the Junkyard Dog also. Rougeau Brothers and Brutus Beefcake defeating the New Dream Team and Johnny V in six-man tag team action. Beefer going to score the pin there over Johnny V. And in the main event, WWF champion Hulk Hogan again pinning the Ugandan headhunter, the mighty Kamala. And it's noted, I gotta go back, that Hulk Hogan's June 26th appearance in Houston against Kamala, remember, it only drew 4,200 fans, while the next night here in Detroit, the same main event draws 5,600 fans, more than 1,000 more. So Demelt says that it appears that Houston is going to be a rough market for both the NWA and the WWF to crack. I'm telling you guys, those Southern Territory fans were tried and true very loyal to their local promotions. As we stick with June 27th, Baltimore, Maryland at the Baltimore Arena. 3,500 fans. It's jumping Jim Brunzel over the outlaw Ron Bass. The Bulldogs defeating Morocco and Orton. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff scoring a win over Ken Patera. Also, Macho Man Randy Savage. Well, listen to this matchup, guys. The Macho Man defeating Outback Jack. Would love to see that one. Talk about a holy grail. Also, King Kong Bundy over Hillbilly Jim. The one man gang. Down Corporal Kirchner, Demolition, defeating Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation on a countout. Wow. Demolition and the Hearts, Battle of the Heel Tag Teams. For the tag team titles, no less. Sounds like a fun night overall. And in the main event, Bruno San Martino scoring a win in a $50,000 Battle Royal. Demolition versus Hearts, Battle of the Heel Tag Teams here. We get to see Randy Savage versus Outback Jack on the undercard. And in the main event, it's Bruno. Winning a battle royal. I would have loved to have been there in Baltimore on June the 27th. But we're going to move on to June the 28th. Maple Leaf Gardens, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. 7,125 fans featuring Gorilla Monsoon. Bobby Heenan on commentary for this action. And once again, Kim Patera billed to appear here tonight, even though he's legally not allowed in Canada. And the WWF continues to bill Patera for each and every card here in Maple Leaf Garden. Makes you wonder why. As we're off to the action here in Toronto, Outback Jack over Johnny Canine, Hillbilly Jim, defeating Steve Lombardi, tag team champion Hart Foundation, defeating the Rougeau Brothers. And in a match aired on International Wrestling Challenge, Killer Bees defeating the New Dream Team. Different matchup there. Also King Kong Bundy over Corporal Kirchner. And I should mention that Kirchner going to finish up here with the WWF tonight in the Maple Leaf Garden. Also on the card, Billy Jack Haynes defeating Outlaw Ron Bass on a DQ Bass using his new bullwhip, Miss Betsy, as a weapon during this matchup, then once again tossing the referee to the mat. Billy Jack Haynes picking up the DQ win there over the outlaw and Miss Betsy. Also on the card, Brutus Beefcake continues to defeat Luscious Johnny V. After the match, another little snip of hair off of the head of Luscious Johnny before Beaver spray-painting his former manager's hair pink. And to close out the night, perhaps the drug test hadn't come back yet. B. Brian Blair gonna win a 20-man battle. Wait a minute. That's that's Canadian currency or or American currency because American currency back then anyway was was double Canadian. Maybe this should have been a $100,000 Canadian battle royal, but nevertheless B. Brian Blair scoring the win here in this 20-man battle royal last eliminating Brett the Hitman Hart. We're going to go back and look at the last bit of action here in this battle royal. We're going to go back to the final seven men in the ring. And right away, the next three men out in rapid succession within sixteen seconds of each other. We're gonna see Kamala get eliminated by Billy Jack Haynes, and then it's Haynes, quickly eliminated from behind by the one-man gang, and then one man gang eating a double drop kick by the killer bees, and he's out. All of those eliminations within sixteen seconds of each other there, and then we're down to the final four, which just happens to be the killer bees and tag team champion the Heart Foundation. As Blair and Brunzel put on their masks. Blair eliminated by the Hart Foundation here. And then from there, it's Neidhart eliminated by jumping Jim Brunzel, coming down to the hitman and jumping Jim. But moments later, Jim Neidhart back up on the apron to argue with the referee, with Bret Hart throwing Brunzel over the top rope and out to the floor. It appears the hitman had won the match, but it all happened behind the referee's back. Meanwhile, Brian Blair, also in a mask, sliding back in the ring, replacing Jim Brunzel. Brian Blair then eliminating Bret Hart from the matchup, illegally winning the match. Sound familiar? Well, it should. Remember, Stone Cold did the same thing to the hitman in a Royal Rumble once upon a time. And after the bout, the Killer Beast celebrated with the winner's trophy and that $50,000 check. And as mentioned, Kim Patera originally scheduled to take on, I do believe, Killer Khan for this card. But neither man shows up here as we move on back to the States. Battle Creek, Michigan at the Kellogg Arena. On June the 28th, sees SD Jones over Shadow No. 1. Can-Am Connection over the Islanders. Women's Tag Team Champions Leilani Kai. Judy Martin defeating the Jumping Bomb Angels. Shadow Number 2 gonna score a win here over Leaping Lanny Poffo. Ted DiBiase will pin Dusty Wolf. And then after the bout, DiBiase inviting a fan in attendance to come in and kiss his foot for a $100 bill. Now, a couple things here. First of all, this footage exists this is the first bit of footage I can think of, of Ted DiBiase playing the Million Dollar Man character. He actually invites a fan in, and they, and they do play this on WWF-TV, having the fan kiss his foot at the house show for a $100 bill. But the catch is, it's no ordinary fan. We're in Battle Creek, Michigan, guys, and we see a teenage, yes, a teenage, Rob Van Dam. should have done the thumb points with that, huh? Rob Van Dam entering the ring to kiss the feet of the Million Dollar Man. For $100. So RVD in the WWF all the way back in 1987. You can't write this stuff, guys. Also on the card, George, the animal steal over Nikolai Volkov. In the main event, Jake the Snake Roberts pinning Intercontinental Champion Honky Tonk Man in a non-title matchup with the DDT. Story being, this match was signed before the Honky Tonk Man won the title, and thus the title was not on the line here. But Jake getting a pinfall victory as we move on to Uniontown, Pennsylvania. At the high school gym on June the 29th, 850 fans sees Sam Houston over Terry Gibbs, Roma and Powers over the Shadows, Coco Beware defeating Kamala on a disqualification, the Dingo Warrior subbing here for Tom McGee, defeating Steve Lombardi. And Demelts notes that Dingo Warrior appearing here in Uniontown on June the 29th means that Jim Helwig, the warrior, skipped his tour of New Japan Now Meltzer goes on to say, which isn't New Japan's loss, but it was also during this time period that Enoki was planning to gift Warrior the gimmick of Big Van Vader. Yes, Jim Helwig was the original man pegged to play Big Van Vader, but he turns it down here for a run with the World Wrestling Federation as the ultimate warrior. Leon White will go on to play the Big Van Vader character. Fun little note there. Also here in the main event at the high school in Uniontown, it's demolition. Defeating the British Bulldogs. As we move on to Montreal, June 29th at the Forum. Now, we don't have results, but again, it's Jake Roberts taking on IC champion Honky Tonk Man. We've seen a couple of results here between these two men. We've seen Jake pin Honky Tonk a couple of times. We've also seen Honky Tonk take a count out, I do believe. Either way, as we know, Honky Tonk Man got to retain that IC title. Also on the card, we talked about this earlier when we broke it down. It was the team of Brutus Beefcake and the Rougeos going at the New Dream team and Pat Patterson. Now, we don't have results for that one, but I'd love to have them. If there's any Quebec fans out there that attended this show or know the results, please get a hold of me. And Richard Land, for that matter. And as we get down to the nitty-gritty here, just a couple of cards left here. On June the 30th, going to close out the month of June, Sacramento, California at the Arco Arena. In front of 3,498 fans, the magnificent Morocco over S.D. Jones, Cowboy Bob Orton defeating Tiger Chung Lee. Very interesting there, remember? Uh, Orton comes off more so as the babyface in some of the recent promos, but it's Morocco pegged to play the babyface in that feud. But here it is Orton wrestling Tiger Chung Lee and getting the win. Also on the card, talk about heel versus heel. Randy Savage battling the natural Butch Reed to a 20-minute time limit draw. Wonder if Savage forced Reed to come to fight that night. Also on the card, Brutus B-Kick finally getting some revenge over former partner Pinning, Greg the Hammer Valentine, the Jumping Bomb Angels defeating women's champions Judy Martin and Leilani Kai on a count-out, and Billy Jack Haynes teaming with Ken Patera over the team of Hercules and Killer Khan, who is subbing for Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, who is also subbing, likely, for the King Harley Race. Haynes going to pin Hercules here, and it is obvious at this point, Harley Race came back to work some of his big matches with Hogan in the big markets, but Harley Race again taking a little time off, and Orndorff back off the road again pretty quickly as well. Haynes and Batera over Hercules and Killer Khan, and then finally closing out the month of June, London, Ontario, London Gardens. Some of the action on that card. I don't have the results, but we have to know it was the one-man gang going over on Tony Garea, subbing now for the departed Corporal Kirchner, and the Killer Bees scheduled to take on Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation. And in the main event, it's reported that IC Champion Honky Tonk Man back to wrestling Bruno Martino here. Now I don't know if that happens or not. I don't know. If the drug testing came in and the bees and Jake are now suspended by the end of June, we won't find that out till we get into the July results. But until that time, we're going to close things up here with the end of June house show results in the World Wrestling Federation, which means we'll be back next week as we begin the month of June TV here in the WWF in 1987. And a whole lot to talk about in the coming month of June TV here. The superstar Billy Graham story will continue. We'll find out if President Jack Tunney has decided to ban the DDT. Little Beaver going to return to the WWF to play Corner Man for Hillbilly Jim. The Predator film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and yes, even Jesse the Body Ventura is released and number one at the box office in week number one. And you better believe Ventura's is not going to let you hear the end of that. The Junkyard Dog will make his return to WWF TV for the first time since WrestleMania 3. The Orton and Morocco situation will continue. And of course, as you guys all know by now, we're going to have a brand new intercontinental champion in the form of the Honky Tonk Man. We're going to talk about that match against Ricky Steamboat and a whole lot more, plus sound bites galore. Here next week on The Grenade as we continue on with June 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation by reviewing some of the TV. Promotional consideration paid for by the
9: following. The first alert rechargeable flashlight never needs batteries, and is always ready to shine. First alert, because your family comes first.
2: All right, I want to thank all of the loyal listeners yet again and all of my patrons here as part of the WrestleCopia podcast network located over at WrestleCopia.com, WrestleCopia.com. I want to thank you guys for continuing to listen and support the product here, the Wrestling Memory Grenade and our sister shows like Regional Wrestling and Monday Warfare. I can't thank you guys enough. Again, those reviews on Apple, the retweets, the shares of my posts on social media, they go a long way in getting this show out there to the masses. I thank you guys so very much for everything you do. And as you guys continue to support me, I will continue to thrive here and continue to pump out shows as fast as time allows. And a reminder, you guys can follow me on social media You can follow me on Twitter at Rassling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also follow and like us at Facebook.com slash Rassling Grenade. And we're even on YouTube, guys. Subscribe to YouTube.com slash Rassling Grenade. And of course, if you guys have a couple bucks, you can afford to donate to the cause and keep WrestleCopia up and running. I'd really appreciate guys giving it a try at that $5 all-access tier over at Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Again, that's Patreon.com. Slash Russell C O P I A and of course there's multiple tiers you guys can choose from but I'm not greedy just asking you guys to give it a go with that five dollar all access tier gets you all sorts of things including digital downloads early access to many of the shows my insanely detailed show notes the three of our podcasts here at Russell Copia of course the Patreon exclusive watch along series and so much more again all of that for just five dollars a month no subscription cancel anytime. Just give it a try, guys, and I think you'll like the content we offer. And the best part is, you're supporting the Wrestlecopia Podcast Network more than anything. You're going to help me keep things up and running for the months and the years to come. And with all of that out of the way, we will be back again next week. Going to continue on June 1987. Going to take a deep dive into the TV reviews for June of 87. So many big things coming your way, including the very first vignette of the Million Dollar Man character. Ted DiBiase making his way to WWF-TV, all of that and so much more. So until next week, this is Ray Russell saying, from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and we'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. I'll see you next week. Don't miss it. Be there!
5: It's the World Wrestling Generation on tour. Be a part of it when it comes to your area.